following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. You are now listening to Lucha Outsider Show, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. At Lucha Outsiders, everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Lucha Outsider Show. Congratulations. You played yourself. Team partner. He's the analysis of the LOC. He's a straight shooter on Twitter. And when it comes to wrestling, he has a radar from the mean streets of LI. Yo, 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 what's going on? What's up, Ryan? It looks like it's just going to be a tag team version of the show because once again, the ghost of Leo is not here. Yeah, so we did one episode where, where we were back to normal, and then now it's back to uh, just audio. But hey, you know what? At least we're, we're doing something. Still pumping out that content because there's a lot to talk about. Oh, yeah. So much to talk about. For those that don't know, Leo is actually on vacation as we speak. Uh, I think he's returning sometime this week or whatever. So maybe next Sunday we'll reunite in studio and, you know, be like Voltron and give you a full you know, stable episode, but until then, it's just going to be us two. <laughs> this, guy, this guy going on vacation when we got things to do, we got the studio that needs to be, you know, built, and this guy's on vacation. As much as I like to crap on Leo, these are one of these these are one of these scenarios that I can't crap on the guy, because you know what, he puts on so much effort, so much work, he's always a busy guy. <laughs> I'll touch on this uh, topic a little bit later in the show, but like, for those that that don't know, my my father recently passed away, and uh, he felt horrible that he couldn't make it to my father's awake. He he kept on sending me messages and voice messages how bad. I'm like, dude, would I love for you to be here? Absolutely, but like, I understand you had this planned out. You was already out there when you know when unfortunately my father passed away don't like don't feel bad don't feel like guilty or anything like that's okay like i know where his heart is and i know like if he could he would be there yeah yeah it's just that's i mean obviously you know you, you can't really plan out the timing of these, of these certain things right. but uh, it's just one of those things where it's like you know wrong place wrong time right. so listen and, and uh, long story short leo He's a great guy. All right, he's just a great guy. He's he, he's a great guy. But uh, well, before we get into all the other stuff, Mario, I do want to just extend my condolences. Obviously, you know, uh, we hung out last week in yep. Atlantic City. Yep. We'll get into that, and uh, we've been talking all week long. But want to publicly say on the show here, my condolences to you uh, for the loss of your father. And you know, you know, I'm always here for you, dude. So uh, thank you, brother. You're a strong dude. So you, you, you'll get through it one day at a time. Thank you, man. I really appreciate that. Um, I'll talk about my father, you know, towards the tail end of the of the episode. But thank you, man. That really means a lot to me. And we will talk about AC because AC, whew, that was something else. But uh, you know, we got hit with a bombshell yesterday, right? Um, but before we touch on that, you know, I freak, I got to do my gimmick, bro. Yeah, I got to do it. Listen, gotta, don't don't forget about the gimmick, bro. I, gotta, I, I know we're not on, you know, yeah, video, but I got to do the gimmick. So give me so a minute because it's 
Hashtag Red Bull time. There you go. All right, I need that. I need to wake up too, by the way. All right, bro. Same. We got hit with a bombshell uh, 24 hours ago, give or take. Bray Wyatt got released by the WWE. And when I seen that, I first thought to myself, what the fuck? There's no way this is true. And you started hearing these reports like recently coming out saying like uh, Bray Wyatt's in better spirits now. He's getting himself in phenomenal shape and he should be making his return somewhere down the line, you know, sooner rather than later, maybe at SummerSlam or after SummerSlam. Who knows? So, you know, we're getting ready for this Bray Wyatt return. Obviously, a big question mark was left after WrestleMania and people had like a real bad sour taste in their mouths because of it because you know you have this great story between alexa bliss and bray wyatt and they kind of just poo-pooed on that that's pretty much what wwe did you know the the geniuses and raw creative so we're just waiting for bray wyatt to return you know every bray wyatt is beloved it doesn't matter what incarnation of bray wyatt we get people just love and gravitate to bray wyatt he gets released when i find out this is true I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Like, why would you release this guy? So, of course, because, you know, we, we get this all the time when it comes to the WWE loyalists, uh, the blowtorches, the defenders, the apologists saying like, oh, well, he was going through mental health issues, so that's probably the reason why they, they you know, they released him. How do we know that he's really been going through mental health issues? Now, I'm not saying that he hasn't. He could potentially be because, you know, he suffered one of his best friends and recently passed away. In Brody Lee. So he could be going through some stuff. We don't know. But that's the whole thing. We don't know. Come to find out that the reason they even released Bray Wyatt is cost-cutting measures. So this has Nick Khan written all over it. I just... It mind boggles me. A talent like Bray Wyatt, similar to an Alistair Black or an Andrade. But I think Bray Wyatt, he gives a lot more than those talents. And I'm not saying that those talents aren't capable of giving a lot more. But when it comes to Bray Wyatt, this guy's like perfect dude like he's talented in the ring he's talented from a from a creative aspect he's just an amazing guy like even if he decided to put wrestling behind him and take up like a producer role or like an agent role he would kill that too because he's just that damn good and creative and i was telling you this um off the air before we even hit record i'm not gonna sit here and say wwe run was awful but you know, if there's anything that we could sum up about his WWE run, is that WWE did not appreciate Bray Wyatt. Because no matter what he did, he always found ways to reinvent himself, and he knocked it out of the park. They just did not appreciate the talent of Bray Wyatt. So I hope, and you could call me an AEW shill, or a New Japan shill, or whatever it is. Oh, you just hate WWE. I hope whatever Bray Wyatt does next, he fucking Fucks WWE with no lube whatsoever, cause that's what that company fucking deserves. Yeah, man, this, I, this, you know, I, I, at this point, like nothing really surprises me anymore with this company. You know, I mean, after the recent releases, when we got that string of, uh, you know, Aleister Black, Braun Strowman, and a bunch of other people, I, I mean, I, I wish I could come on here and and be like, wow, I'm, I'm so shocked, because like. I just feel like at this point, besides, you know, the obvious, like, you know, a Seth Rollins or a Roman Reigns, everybody else who is, like, kind of at that star power level, like, at that top main event level, like a big, well-known guy like Bray Wyatt is, I just feel like they're not safe, like, at this point. And, you know, cost-cutting measures, budget cuts. I mean, give me a freaking break with that mm -hmm. shit already. And this just comes a few days oh, uh, after Vince McMahon said on a conference call, joking about AEW that he would give them more talent and I guess he 
planned on giving them Bray Wyatt. Uh, it's just, like you said, it's just mind-boggling. Um, the guy, like you said, reinvented himself time and time and time again, yep. and they dropped the ball with every single character. Yep. I, I mean, it's just, it, it's pretty unbelievable if you think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and given, you know, how over the fiend was and how much merchandise yes. they, they probably sold off of him, right? I and mean, just the different they, versions they, of Bray Wyatt during that era, because then you had like a muscle man dance Bray Wyatt, you have the, yeah, right. the, the Mr. Rogers Firefly Funhouse Bray Wyatt, like that was like kind of like the many faces of, of Bray, and that's something they should have kind of like touched more when it came to his creative and when they came to storytelling, because that's what they should have done. Many faces of Bray. We should have seen also more of Eaters of World Bray, because while I love the Fiend incarnation, my favorite Bray is the Eater of Worlds Bray Wyatt yep. of, of the Wyatt family. Yep. And done to be shit the bed with that. I tweeted that out yesterday, a couple of pictures of my favorite versions of, of Bray Wyatt, uh, you know, when he used to wear the Hawaiian shirt yes. uh, with the hat and, you know, come out with, uh, on the rocking chair. And then the he lantern. started rocking like the leather jean vest too at one point too, like when yep. he started growing the dreads. Yep, yep. That was my favorite version of Bray Wyatt too. The Fiend character, I appreciate the creativeness and, um, you know, at first it was cool. After a while, I really didn't care about it. But I could see why people thought it was, you know, cool, unique, and, and loved it. Because, you know, it was something different, something we haven't seen before. Um, but, yeah, regular Bray Wyatt, like, going back to years ago with the Wyatt family, with Harper and Rowan. Like, that was my favorite version of Bray, when they were feuding with the Shield and everything. Dude. Uh, just so many so many great memories with him. And I will stand by this. The one of the worst, and this is you know, uh, again, they have had so many uh, bad creative decisions over the past few years. But the one creative decision when it comes to Bray Wyatt that I will stand by that was one of the worst was when they stripped the title off of him at WrestleMania 33 and gave it to Randy Orton after he literally just won it, I guess, a few weeks or a month beforehand. It was a month because he, he won an Elimination Chamber. Right, right, yeah. John Cena was the champion at the time. And he, like, you know, I was like, wow, I can't believe they actually took it off Cena. Because Cena had just won it uh, from AJ Styles, I believe, at the Royal Rumble. So it was kind of just like they did like a title change after title change after title change. And I just, I, I was there at WrestleMania 33, and I was so disappointed that they gave that title to Randy Orton because that was a golden opportunity for Bray to have a great run. Bray should have won, and title. Harper should have been in the match too to make it a triple threat. Yeah, yeah, well, of course, yeah. But I mean, at the end of it, Bray Wyatt should have come out as the champion, should yep. have had a better run, and Randy Orton should have put him over there. It's just, it, absolutely sucks well um, history you know, repeats itself because randy beat him this past year at the Ed wrestlemania exactly, again exactly yep i i mean it's just like you said it's just it's crazy and then you put on top of that the seth rollins bullshit with the hell in a cell thing which people I, I mean can you believe uh, people still right. wanted to defend that horse shit Oh, no, 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 no. There, There's no defending that. I, I mean, we could do a whole two-and-a-half-hour show I remember, just on that event itself. I remember when that happened, I fucking lost it on Instagram. I fucking oh, lost I it. And people, some people, the WWE apologists, the, 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 the blowtorches were trying to defend this bullshit. And I'm like, you're out of your fucking mind. You've watched this garbage so much, the bad creator from WWE, that you're just immune to it and you think it's fucking okay. It's terrible. It's terrible. But that's the thing. People are just prone to to just accept it because that's all they know. That's, WWE. that's all they know. Yep. Because that's the yeah. That's their attitude. Yep. I, it, it's it's a shame because they could have done so much with Bray Wyatt. That was your new Undertaker, and that's another thing. He should have went over on the Undertaker that WrestleMania. Also, WrestleMania was at thirty one. Yeah. He should have beat Taker. Yeah, thirty one. Yeah. Yep. I know, dude. I, there, we could go on and on and on about so many 
different scenarios and different matches and different storylines that should have been done a lot better than they were. He should have beat Cena at 30. He should have beat Cena at 30. Yes, yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the, the list goes on and on and on. Like you said, it just basically sums up the fact that they just did not appreciate what they had. And, uh, you know, it's it's. I wish I could say here, sit here and say, like you did, oh, you know, if he goes to AEW, I hope he just screws them over. The fact of the matter is, Vince and company are not going to care. And that's the problem. Yep. That's the problem. They, they, they could see guys like Aleister Black going over to AEW, killing it. They could see somebody like Daniel Bryan going over to AEW, killing it. They just seem to not care. Like, it just doesn't bother them. And, I mean, maybe it does on the inside, but I truly don't think that they are even going to bat an eye if Bray Wyatt shows up on AEW and completely kills it. Because I just feel like they've moved on. They've used him for everything that they wanted to use him for. And now, they just, like you said, they're just going to move on, you know? And that's that's a problem, because you know what is also affecting their on-air product as well? And I'll even throw NXT in that, too, because NXT is suffering also when it comes to this bad WWE product. You know, you see how much of a joke they're making with Karrion Cross, and we'll talk about that in a little bit at the end of the show, because I'm sure we're going to piss off some peckerheads with that, with our opinions about Karrion Cross. But if you just look at um, WWE right now, if you look at the whole scheme of things, when it comes to every single brand, right, you take away the Roman and Cena story, which is not necessarily a story, it's more like a segment, but whatever. You know, take away that. You take away the Edge... And Seth Rollins' story. You remove Sasha Banks returning, and now we got the Sasha Banks-Bianca story, right? And a couple little things here and there, like the Nakamura stuff is fun, the Matt Riddle stuff is fun or whatever, so I'm not going to include that into it. But besides those couple things, maybe you can mention like one or two more things, everything else WWE's producing is god-awful. Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, it's SummerSlam season, and, you know, this this year they're going to that football stadium. They're making it big. It's like the first really big sold-out, you know, events, you know, since coming back from COVID. So now, like, they're really pumping out the big-time matches and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But, you know, before this and, you know, it, probably after this, it's just going to go back to you know, being just an unwatchable product and show like it right. has been. I mean, it, it's like you said, it. it Every show is suffering, even NXT, to right. the point where NXT bores the living daylights out of me now. And I'll always love NXT. I'll always be a of big course, NXT fan. Of course, of course. We want the And we, listen, when we're criticizing WWE for their just bad decision-making and their terrible creative, it's now we want to see WWE to fail. We're not one of these assholes that wants to see AEW New Japan and like all these other companies, like, oh, I hope they go out of business. We're not one of these, right, we're not one of these schmucks yeah. and peckerheads that want to see WWE fail and we want them to get better. We, we want them to get better because they have a, such an amazing talent roster. It's just what they're producing, especially on oh, yeah. Raw, is god-awful. This is why we complain about it, though, too, is because we care that much and right. we want it to be better. You know, like, I'm not one of those people. I know a bunch of people that just watch AEW and that's it. They don't watch WWE anymore. They gave up on WWE. I don't see myself ever just giving up on the WWE. Mm-hmm. I mean, I grew up on it. Uh, they have some of my favorites there, and even when they release some of my favorites, they there's always you know more of of, of my guys there that like you know I either watched on the indies uh, or that they signed or something like that. So I always watch and support and and love the company. And you know I I've been going to WrestleManias and it's just it's like I said I. I I have a lot of history with the WWE, so I'll never just stop watching it no matter how bad it is. I mean, God, at this point, if I haven't stopped watching it, then I don't think I ever will uh, because it's it's basically at an all-time low. Um, but, you know, yeah, we just want to see it be better because we know it could be better. Because when they put on a good show, 
they put on a really damn good show, you right. know? And it's just, right. like you said, it, it's just so inconsistent and it's just so frustrating as a fan. Biggie won Money in the Bank and we were all happy about that. But since he won Money in the Bank, like, well, this past week, I think he was like in a random six-man tag or whatever, which it's okay, but like, this guy just won your Money in the Bank. Shouldn't we like spotlight him better? He just won yeah, Money in the Bank. Course, Let's spotlight him. Because technically, he's kind of a champion holding that briefcase. So let's spotlight him like a little bit more. I don't want to see him like in a random six man. I know. I feel like you know the Money in the Bank briefcase holder. If if you could see a guy holding that, that's obviously going to become a future world champion like he is. I just feel like you should spend that time while he has the briefcase building him up to right. look like he's going to be credible as champion. Right. Now I don't know if he's cashing in at SummerSlam on just say a Bobby Lashley or something like that, um, or if they're going to wait a little bit. I have no clue. I, I don't know when that when he's going to cash in, but in this meantime right now, they should be building him up, not just having him sit there, like you said, in the spotlight of somebody else or just sitting, you know, in a six-man tag or right. just any of that stuff. Uh, but, you know, who am I, right? Right. <laughs> you know, no, who, they, they who just, are you, right? Who are you? They don't, just... they don't, they don't think like me right. So or right. like, you know, like some of us fans do. You know, they'll do what they want. They have their formula in place. It's worked for years. Right. And they're just going to keep doing what they want to do. And Vince is just going to keep making that money. And he's just not going to care about putting on the best show possible because he knows people are still going to buy tickets no matter what. People are still going to come out, um, you know, despite the ratings being bad. You know, they're still selling out arenas, you know. So, and he's still making a shit ton of money. And that's really, at the end of the day, all he cares about. And, you know, Nick Khan coming out, too, on the conference call saying that, uh, WWE's not a wrestling company, it's entertainment, or he said something along the lines of that. Um, I don't know the exact quote. I think he that said that on a podcast, too. He said that on a podcast also right before Mania. Uh, it's, like, like, listen, don't get me wrong, like, I have accepted the fact that it's basically sports entertainment, it's right. not a wrestling company, but at the end of the day, it also is wrestling company, because they do wrestle. I mean, the okay, company has World Wrestling Entertainment. Right, right, exactly. So, like, hearing that from them, like just pisses me off, dude. It's just like, oh, like what? Like, and 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 you know, of course, all these guys on the indies and and everywhere else, they wanna they wanna go there, right? Because that's been their dream for years. And you know, obviously, that's the grandest stage in the mall when it comes to wrestling. It's like the Disney World of, of wrestling. But I mean, if you're a pro wrestler and you love pro wrestling, hearing that from Vince and Nick Khan that this company is not a wrestling company, it's just entertainment. Like, is that really, like, what you want to get yourself into, you know? <sighs> yeah, man. It's just... Uh, it's it, nothing but size when we talk about the WWE. Well, listen, I think we both can agree that we want the best for Bray Wyatt and whatever he does next, whatever he decides to do, wherever he decides to go, he's going to fucking kill it. Yeah, I mean, that's just the next topic of conversation is where does he go um, I was just saying to you off air, you know. You want him to go to Ring of Honor, baby. Ring of Honor. <laughs> you know, I, I, I would never wish that on him. Uh, I, I love that guy too much. I, I would love him in AEW. Don't get me wrong. I feel like he would fit perfectly as yep. the leader of the Dark Order. And I know they said they would not get a new leader uh, because they already had the best one. But in this case, I, I, I think, you know, it, it would be perfectly. And he yeah. fits fits like a glove and Brody would be smiling down from heaven and what? probably not in approval of this. You know, well, they said anybody that's 
going to take over being the leader after his passing. Well, the, obviously, well, you well know, they said that they wouldn't get. They, they said they wouldn't get like a leader of the, a new leader of the Dark Order, but that doesn't mean that he can't get like another type of like name. Break getting another type of name, like I don't know, like okay, so Brody Lee is like, the exalted one, right? Maybe you get some other type of name, like I don't know, like the voice of the Dark Order, something like that. Yeah. Like, where it'll be yeah, just another. But he would be portrayed as a leader, though, in that role. Like, I, right. I, I couldn't look at Bray Wyatt. Oh, no, no, no. no. Yeah, he'll be. Not portrayed he'll be, as a leader. Right. He'll be like. He'll be like a, a leader role, but I could even see, like, because Bray's so genius when it comes to his promos or whatever. I could see him, like, adding, like, little nuggets here and there, like, oh, for our fallen leader, Brody Lee, or something like that in his promos or whatever. Always, like, giving that nod to Brody Lee, like, every time, you know, like, when yeah, they're, like, yeah. doing something. But then, here's another thing, too. I know Bray Wyatt's beloved and everything, but, like, Bray Wyatt is also such a great heel. So, like, if he takes over the Dark Order. Like, yeah, people are going to yeah, cheer for him because it's fresh. But at the same time, it's like, you know, if he ends up being the leader, that's got to be a heel turn, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I, I don't think this, I don't think the Dark Order are ever going to be heels ever again. Right. Uh, they just, so yeah, uh, it's, listen, these are all, this is all good points. And uh, it just really raises the question of where does he go? Because I really don't, I, I don't know. It's kind of like Braun Strowman. It's like I really can't picture him anywhere else. To be well, honest, let's be honest like, with you. Nobody wants to see Braun Strowman. Okay. Oh uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you know, he'll probably end up back in the WWE. WWE will throw him money, and he'll be like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna come home." And and, and, and while Braun has done some some stuff here and there in social media that has rubbed me the wrong way, even with Braun, I gotta blame WWE too because you made him your new big show. Oh, I mean, yeah. Look. <laughs> That's just another one. I mean, they've dropped the ball with several people here. I mean, it's just, it's it's ridiculous. Um, you know, but like I said, they, they they just don't strike when the iron's hot when it comes to Braun. Yep. And, you know, they just didn't know what they what they had when, you know, Bray Wyatt's literally just showing up with, like, probably, like, papers full, like, a whole notebook full of, like, different things that he'd be willing to do. I can, I can see, like, the stuff. notebook, and, like, having, like, a whole bunch of words or whatever, and then, like, graphics, like, just written and scribbled and shit. I can see, like, Bray Wyatt having that type of, like, like I energy know. and, like, just, like, so passionate about everything. It's like a notebook. It's not even a fresh notebook. It's just, like, dirty because he's just going through papers and just writing ideas <laughs> and stuff like that. And I can see I can see Vince reading it like, I don't, I don't understand this, uh, I don't get this. We're not doing this. So what the hell is this? What is it supposed uh, to be? A donut? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. So uh, like I said, who knows? Uh, the future is bright, no matter where he goes. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's going to be very interesting to see where he goes next. Because uh, you know, like I was just saying before, like I just don't want to be that guy. But AEW doesn't right. pick up every single person right. that WWE releases. Right. Every every big name. Um, you know, and yeah, like the, their roster is really crowded. Dude, I don't know how many more contracts Tony Khan's gonna freaking give out for Christ's well, sake. I mean, well, listen, I we're gonna is... get into heavy on AEW talk because there's so much shit happening. But oh, uh, I know. I know. Yeah. Two, so two more things on Bray Wyatt. So I think I told you off air, and I'll say this. I'll say this now. I feel like Bray Wyatt could be huge in New Japan. Like I, I think Bray Wyatt could like hit a major home run in, in, in Japan. I feel like the Japan a Japanese audience will love Bray Wyatt. Obviously, he, can, he can't be called Bray Wyatt, so I'm thinking like he would probably use the Bray Windham moniker. I could be wrong with that, but I think Bray Windham has a good ring to it. I'm just saying. Yeah, or maybe I he like just it. comes up with a different name. I don't know. But I, I think if, if, I, you know, if I had the pen, Bray Windham. There you go. And then one last thing on Bray Wyatt. We were talking about my dad recently, um, you know, to start the show. 
my dad was a big Bray Wyatt fan. He loved the Wyatts and the Shield feud so much. Like, those six guys in general, my dad was, like, a big fan of all six of them. And he just loved the feud. He loved the energy from the crowd when they first faced off. I believe, I forgot what, what pay-per-view was that. Elimination Chamber? I could be wrong. <laughs> Elimination Chamber, yeah. Yeah. Um, when they first uh, faced off, just the energy of the crowd or whatever. And it's it's funny because both of those stables, right? And, and the Shield started ahead of the Wyatts. The Wyatts finally came up. They were like very parallel with each other, and they oh, and, yeah. and they and they didn't touch for like the longest or whatever until I think they started feuding with Punk and Brian. That's when they kind of like joined forces or whatever, just to beat the shit out of them or whatever. They were very parallel until finally turned on each other, and then like that's it. They, we were off to the races, man. I think they could have still done more with with the Wyatt's and Shield story, but my father was a big fan of Bray Wyatt and the Wyatt family, and just that that whole time again, you know, feuding with the Shield and stuff. My dad loved that. Yeah, man. I mean, a lot of casuals loved Bray Wyatt and the Wyatt family because you know you could turn on the TV, and even if somebody's not really a big wrestling fan, then it doesn't matter what character it was, whether it was the Fiend or whether it was you know. Um, the one, the character that he was when he first arrived, like he just catches your attention. Yeah. You know, it's just like it, it, it's one of those guys where you just can't look away when he's on the screen because he's always doing something that you know you just you want to watch and you're into. Um, and you know, like you said, that's just another reason why this is mind boggling is because like he catches the eye of, of a casual viewer, which is like that's basically I feel like what WWE tries to pander to recently is the casual viewer. They want they want more casuals to watch the product. Um, so, like I said, it's just weird. But, yeah, I mean, the Wyatt family, it's said that, that none of them are left in, in WWE now. Right. But they'll go down as one of the best uh, groups and stables that we've seen in the past uh, 10 years. I, I, them and The Shield, yeah. they, they're really, like, those two. Uh, yeah. Honestly, I just don't see anybody else that uh, – any other stable in WWE – that has been as good as those two in the yeah. past decade. I mean, you know, you want to say the Nexus, they died a bad death two months into... And the, that's not their fault. That was the WWE's fault. Right, right. No, I'm not saying it is. Yeah, I'm just saying that to me that they don't fit into that category because of that. But mm -hmm. why Just like the Hurt Business. The Hurt Business was great, but guess what? They right. shot that in the foot. Right, right. There's been so many that have been so good. But they're not memorable because of the dumb booking decisions, you know, that, that followed. Yeah. So my dad, he was a big Bray Wyatt fan. Um, he, what well, he used to do sometimes or whatever, uh, we would be like outside in the yard or whatever, and it will be like dark or whatever. And then my dad would just come out of nowhere from, from the shadow and be like, hey, like, hey, Poppy, who am I? And then you just see him with the lantern just walking like this, like Bray Wyatt. <laughs> he used to make me pop all the time. And then with like oh, even this God. recent incarnation of Bray Wyatt, you know, with like the Firefly Funhouse and the Fiend or whatever, you know what was... One of my dad's favorite things about the Firefly Funhouse um, segment is how he, Bray would get so serious and look straight into the camera and get super serious or whatever, say something, and then all of a sudden, he'll just crack a smile and be like, bye! Like, my dad would pop every single time he would do that or whatever. My father was still with us or whatever. I'm sure he would be asking me so many questions like, oh, what do you think Bray's going to do next or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Like, he just loved Bray Wyatt. And um, I'm going to give you goosebumps right now. What if, all right, I'm just throwing this hypothetical here, all right? What if? Oh, God. <laughs> what if? Sometime late this year, maybe it will be in a Winter's Coming 2, you know, because, you know, the AEW's big on the, on the, what you want, theme dynamite. Yep. Right? The lights go out, and you just see a shadow on the little Titron visual, and you just hear, AEW, I'm here. <gasps> oh, oh, man. <laughs> 
Dude, don't put this into existence, man. Come dude, on, I, bro. I, I mean, well, how how excited I, would you get? Oh, dude. I yeah. I mean, I I I'd pop huge for that. Dude. Okay. It, 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 here's another one. Here's reaction. another one. I'll give you another one. What's the what's the um, the show before um Wrestle Kingdom? The last show. I always forget the last show before Wrestle Kingdom. Um, what is that? Um, the New Japan show. Yeah, the New Japan show. It's not King uh, of Pro Wrestling. It's something else. It's a uh, Power Struggle. There you go, Power Struggle. Good job, Ryan. How about you get the same thing over there in New Japan, like New Japan? I'm oh. here. <gasps> yeah. Oh man, that 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 I would love. Dude. <laughs> like you said, him him in New Japan mm-hmm. would be a ton of fun. Like you said, I feel like he'd be so over. He would have a blast there. Um, oh, dude, and, and imagine him against all these guys. Right. I mean, e- Evil Ishi, Ugh. Goto, like all yeah. these big dogs yeah, over there man. that he could have. Boss fight, yeah, with. yeah. Oh yeah. man, like hell yeah, man, give it to me. Uh, like I said, he could do a lot of stuff in AEW too. But uh, I mean, I, you know, and we we say we say, oh, he could do stuff in, in New Japan yeah, and yeah. be great if he went to AEW. Why he could do freaking both, man? He signs with AEW, he could do New Japan and vice versa. Yeah, um, and even Impact too. If Impact wants, uh, yeah, it, here's know, another one. Like which, you know, once they listen, they're starting to get already fans in the audience, obviously in Nashville. But once they start touring again, hey, we might get something like. Impact Zone, I'm here. I mean, <laughs> yeah, Impact Zone, I'm here. How about I mean, Ring of Honor? Ring of Honor? Oh, no, that's right. Nobody's going gonna to be at Ring of Honor. I'm sorry, man. Oops. Sorry. Ring, we can't do Ring of Honor. I'm here. No, nobody's going to be at Ring of Honor. I'm sorry. No, no, no. no. Yeah, it's, it's going to be 13 people in the audience. Uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> now, we're crap at a Ring of Honor, but watch they have the, the, their next paper. We're going to be praising. Like, hey, that was a really good show. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Well, they, they have been putting on good shows, but, uh, you yeah. know... It, Nobody watches stuff like who could really but, even care. But, but that's so great about the the synergy, and and I think I'm using that word right. The synergy between all these companies, right? These talents could go anywhere as long as they get approval from the company that they're signed to. Obviously, this past week on Impact Wrestling, we saw Frankie Frankie Kazarian return, right? And that was the first time he showed up on Impact. I think like in eight years, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's what the commentary said said, right? Yeah. So with, when it comes to like all of these relationships, the synergy between. Impact, AEW, New Japan, AAA, you sprinkled in a little bit of NWA there. Um, not You could even make the argument GCW's now part of that also. With this synergy with all these companies, these talents, if they choose so, so they could pop up anywhere they want. Yeah, dude, it's, it's a beautiful thing, man. We're in a time right now in wrestling that is so important and so exciting uh, for all the talents and, and the fans. And it's just like you said. He could really go anywhere, he, he, and and then he could just bounce from one company to the next, to the next, and do so many different things. And that's the beauty of these guys and girls getting a release now. It's like, you don't got to worry, you don't got to panic. There's so much out there, and, you know, so much talent that you could potentially work with from different companies. So, it's exciting, man. So, I mean, hopefully Bray wants to continue yep. wrestling. I don't really see why he wouldn't. Yep. Hopefully his headspace is, is, is good enough for that. Like mm-hmm. you said, I'm not going to speculate. I don't know if, he, right. if he's going through mental health yeah. issues. Yeah, I mean, that was the rumor online. But, you know, you don't really know. Like, yeah, but you know, you know the WWE that, you know? blowtorches, the defenders are going to run with that. Just to try to right. defend WWE. But even like the journalists and some of the guys that I, I enjoy, like Sean Rossap and, and stuff like that. Like, how would they even know, you know, what this guy's going through, right? Like, Bray, Bray did not reach out to them and tell them, oh, guys, I'm, I'm going through mental health issues, you know, or, or, or write a piece on this. Like, how did they know that, right, you know? Right, so right, I'm right. not buying into any of this crap. I'm not saying he, he's not going through it. I'm sure, you know, the, the past of Brody was really tough on him. I get it. Uh, listen, 
I'm not going to speculate, but like you said, I hope Ray yeah. is in the right mindset. I hope he goes out there and still wants to wrestle because I would enjoy seeing him on my TV screen still because, uh, you know, he's just a great talent. And put aside the fact that he's a great talent, he's just a genuinely good human being. I see so many people say that he's such a great guy. And I, you know, one of my friends met him at Access one year and I, I didn't meet him, but I watched the interaction and the guy just looked like he was just so genuine and cool, yeah. chill, laid back. And you just hear nothing but great things about the dude. So, Hope he's successful wherever he goes next. Yeah. Now that he's released, I'm hoping he does some signings because I would love to meet Ray yes, Wyatt because he too. seems like a great guy. Just don't throw that out You're there. A great guy. What a great guy. Yes. Uh, all right, dude. Let's talk about GCW. Tended GCW and AC. We met up. Uh, you were uncertain that if I was going to show up or not. I was actually supposed to be there all weekend, but you know, due to some unfortunate stuff happening you know, with my father's passing, some other stuff. I was like, listen, I'm just going to go there Saturday. I'm going to drive back the, the next morning. I'm glad I went because besides just enjoying a phenomenal show that we're going to get into, I got to hang out with the whole uh, Ramble Royalty crew, the Ramble, the Royal Ramble crew. Uh, it, it was a good time, you know. We, we walked the whole boardwalk for like about an hour <laughs> uh, to get yeah, something to eat. But, just looking for something to eat. But luckily, your boy came through. We went to Tropicana Casino, and we, you know, we had a good time at um, this uh what would you call this? Like a burger bar joint? Yeah, it was called Bur- Bourbon Bar, Bourbon Burger Bar. So if you're in AC and looking for something to eat, that's definitely you know a good place. We had a good burger, some good appetizers. We freaking ate like kings, and then uh you know dipped out of there real quick. They had to attend a badass uh, GCW show. So I think we need to start with Gage and Cardona, and then couple, and then cover a couple other things that happened in the show. But Jesus Christ, dude. Um, I, I kind of want to let you take it away here because, first of all, this is your first time really attending a GCW death match. Like, not every match was a death match, but you really got to, like, see the death match atmosphere, especially for Nick Gage and Cardona. First of all, I've been to a good amount of GCW shows, and I've never seen this venue at the show both this packed. Like, there was at least over a thousand people there. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> this was, uh, this was a crazy experience. I mean, this place was packed out. People standing, uh, every single direction. That, like I said, I think Brett Lauderdale tweeted out there was a record-setting crowd. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the biggest one they've had since Joey Janela's spring break in New Orleans, I believe. Uh, it, I, I think I read online or whatever, and I believe it. And that just goes to show that Matt Cardona, if you put him on the card in this type of role with a guy like Nick Gage and the way they built this whole story mm-hmm. up between, you know, oh, Nick Gage is going to kill him and all this stuff and all the promos and all the interactions and Gage showing up at his, you know, podcast show and all that kind of stuff. They just did a hell of a job. And obviously it worked in selling tickets. So it's good for GCW and it's great for Atlantic City, the, the Showboat Hotel too, because I'm sure, you know, all these GCW weekends, they bring in large crowds yes, because of these shows. But this one, this one was just uh, even yeah, probably one of the massive, one of the, the biggest, you know, um, uh, you know, crowds that they have brought in, yeah. you know, for, for their hotel and, and to attend the show. So atmosphere was completely electric. It was just an insanely fun time. Um, I've always seen, you know, clips from you and everybody else from GCW shows. They look like such a freaking blast. I'm so glad I got to attend one finally. And it was one of the best ones, uh, I feel like, because... Like I said, when I look back, you know, years from now on some of the wrestling shows that I attended, and, and this one's really going to stand out. I mean, this, like I said, this was just such a good, a good time. And put aside the fact the main event was just chaotic and craziness, and one of the just most surreal things I've ever experienced <laughs> yeah. in attending a wrestling show. Um, the rest of the card was freaking badass yeah. too, and 
I got introduced to a lot of yep. good, young, up-and-coming talent that I'd never heard of before, and, and kudos to you for, you know, um, giving me some background information on some of these guys, and I really enjoyed them, and, you know, I've been following GCW, well, I mean, I always have, but now even more intently, you know, on Instagram and stuff like that, and all their upcoming shows that they, uh, you know, are getting ready for, and all the matches that they've, they're announcing, and, and, you know, when I see these matches, I know who these guys are right now, so I know, oh, this is going to be a cool match, oh, this is going to be cool to see this guy versus, you know, this guy, mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, dude, the whole thing was just so fun and so cool. And, you know, we were with a great group of people, like I said, yeah, yourself and the whole Royal Ramble crew. We just had a great time. So is it safe to say that you'll be attending some future GCW shows? Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. I'm already eyeing down the New York City show. And I'm already looking for the next time that they attend uh, or they do a show in Atlantic City, you know, if they do a big weekend, uh, if they do a collective type right. of thing in October. Right. Uh, I, I did see, I do believe I did see some dates for Atlantic City in October, if I'm not mistaken. October 9th uh, and October 10th. I, I was telling you, yeah. we were joking around, we were saying this when we were at the at the show on Saturday. I was like, oh, Ryan's, Ryan's big on AC now. Big on AC yeah, Big AC guy now. <laughs> oh, man, no, I'm big on uh, GCW bringing me to AC. That's, that's what I'm, I'm yeah. big on. Um, but, yeah, definitely going to be attending a lot more. And, uh, you know, hey, that Chicago show, too, with the War Games oh, match looks bro. pretty enticing right, if so, I can get to Chicago. Uh, so. Dude, so let's let's get on to, like, some of the details that happened here. So before the match even started between uh, Nick Gage and Matt Cardona, I was telling you guys, yo, what if Matt Cardona comes out to his Zack Ryder theme? And what ends up happening? <laughs> I know. You, you, you literally called that. Like, it's, it's, it's as if you knew. So you just, and they just played like a little snippet of it or whatever. And then he came out to his yeah, regular Matt Cardona. But that was enough. But that was enough because the crowd just instantly just started booing. And this is one thing, while I do enjoy like how the outlaw vibe of the show, especially when it comes to the fans, I do feel like GCW should just tighten up a little bit when it comes to security, or whatever. Because yes, Matt Cardona is getting all the seat and is great and is visually. And obviously, we saw the end result of the match on how like all the garbage was thrown or whatever, right? As much as we wanted like Nick Gage to physically hurt this guy, right? I don't necessarily want fans to hurt him. Do you, Do you understand no. what I'm trying to say here? Like, yeah, of I feel course. like I mean, I, if anybody, I mean, listen, that's that's one thing I will say is that someone's passionate right, and right, reads right, right, the right. product. And stuff like that. But my God, like there were some people there that legit, like you said, wanted Matt Cardona to get murdered in the middle of the ring. And right. they were going to cheer that if he did. Uh, I mean, that's just like a little too far now. Right. Like, we're all wrestling fans here. Mm-hmm. Okay, you can hate the guy because he's got a lot right. of heat on him, obviously, yeah. going up against or one of the biggest uh, stars in GCW who's so beloved by the whole, you know, GCW universe yep. or it's, it's basically like a cult following yeah. that the GCW audience is really hurt to the point where you know their life is is threatened. So I mean that's just ridiculous. So we get this match. Oh no! Before we get to the match, can we talk about Nick Gage's entrance, bro? Because that was the first time uh, we really got to experience that or whatever. And I instantly told him like, bro, we're going, we're going to the front or whatever. And you kind of looked at me like I was crazy. I'm like, bro, we're going to the front. So the it was us two, and then the whole Royal Rambo crew ended up following us or whatever. And we were right in that corner for the whole entire match. The Nick Gage entrance, that's just an experience in itself. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I was looking forward to that. You know, I, I've seen clips of when uh, Whom the Bell Tolls goes. Uh, as soon as it starts playing, just the place goes nuts, and it just comes unglued and... Yeah, dude, it, it was it, it's it's definitely chilling. Like I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it right now because that's it, that's how insane it is. And yeah, when you said let's go up to the front, I was like, uh, okay. I hesitated <laughs> because like, dude, 
I'm just not used to, like, you know, even independent shows, like some independent shows, like, I'm just not used to being able to just walk freely up to, you know, so close by the ring without anybody saying anything. The, the match that really sold me on taking this trip, right. uh, I got a, a, the best view, the best seat in the house for it. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I didn't even have to pay his entrance. His entrance, like you said, was crazy. I got so many cool clips. I, I tweeted one out, um, at Luke Outsiders on Twitter, of uh, how close I was to Nick Cage during that entrance. And then when the match started, that first light tube that just got smashed over, I forget who it was. I think it was Nick Gage smashing it over over Cardona. When that shit came flying out, mm-hmm. man, not going to lie, uh, I, I ducked behind the guy that was standing in front of me because that shit was nuts. So if I'm, like, nearby, like, if I'm, like, in the front or second row, which I have in the past or whatever for, like, a death match, normally I'm always recording, you know, like, I'm always, like, you know, putting shit and then just saving it and then just posting later, whatever it is I'm doing, because I also want to enjoy the match, you know what I'm saying? Right, so right, yeah. normally what I do, when I know that spot is coming, normally what I do is I'm holding my phone. Now, you could watch me, but the people that are listening to us can't watch me, but you can see what I'm doing. So I normally hold my, my phone, like, forward like this, and I kind of just tilt my head to the side, and I just close my eyes, still recording, just in case something hits me. It doesn't go in my eyes. It doesn't really hit right, me anywhere. Right. But, um, yeah, dude, that was your first – well, that day, that night, was kind of like your first experience when it came to, like, deathmatch wrestling, like, in, in front of, like, a live audience. Like, you're, you were actually there. And we're going to talk about another deathmatch that happened previous, um, earlier in the night. But, yeah, Gage and Cardona, bro, listen – I'm not sitting here and saying I was the biggest Zack Ryder, Matt Cardona fan. Um, especially because I've heard, like, mixed uh, uh, opinions and stories about the guy. Like, hey, oh, he's an all right guy. Oh, he's kind of a dick or whatever. So, I, And I never mm-hmm. met him, so I don't really have, like, a, a big opinion on him. But one thing I will say, after that match, I gained a completely different level of respect for the dude. Because he didn't have to do this. Just kind of like, right. just like Jericho on Dynamite, which we'll get into later. He did not have to do this whatsoever. Like, Zack Ryder, Matt Cardona, he's already a made guy when it comes to, like, a financial level. Like, he's good. Like, he spends thousands and thousands of dollars of toys. Like, trust me, the guy is good when it comes to money. He didn't have to do this death match. We got to give the devil his credit. Like, the dude did a great death match with Nick fucking Gage. Yeah. And he's now the world champion, the face of GCW. Are you fucking kidding me listen when it comes to like a story standpoint when it comes to a business standpoint whether you're a nick gage fan or not or you're all about mdk and you're a diehard gcw fan this is a smart decision i'm putting the title on matt cardona you know why because whenever we get moxley engaged that does not need the title and also and i've been saying this i told you this privately you know when we're all talking wrestling whatever with us and the royal ramble crew and and i think i've said it on this podcast too nick gage at this point in his career, he doesn't need the title because he's so over. Right. He's bigger than the title. It meant more when he was chasing for the GCW World title against Ricky Shane Page, RSP, my guy RSP, than when he actually won it. Yeah, it was cool. He gave us that dope moment, but he doesn't need the title because he's just that beloved and he's so over. Yeah, yeah, he does not need it exactly. I mean, he's he's the top star of the company no matter what, who, who the champion is, right? The champion mm-hmm. could be anybody. But at the end of the day, the top in that company is Nick Gage because mm-hmm. of how over he is. And, yeah, we were talking about it uh, during that day. And, I, like you said, we even mentioned it on the show that, like, 
whenever Moxley and Gage happens, Mox obviously has to go over. And obviously, I don't really think Mox is going to become the GCW champ. Now, yeah, listen, anything's possible in wrestling in 2021, <laughs> if, if we learned anything, right? Matt Cardona is a fucking world <laughs> champion in a deathmatch company. Right, right. But I, I don't know. Just something tells me that Moxley becoming GCW champ. Um, so in order for him to go over Gage... They had to. They had to drop the title, right? They had to get the title out of, out of the mix right. because you can't have the title involved. So mm-hmm. uh, it just it works out perfectly. And then you know, even just put that storyline side of it uh, off to the side. The the amount of tickets Matt Cardona sold, he did some great business yep. for GCW, which yep. is what we were just talking about before. This guy brought in so many people. So why wouldn't you capitalize and have him joking to try and piss off some of the GCW fans? Apparently, he really cares about the company, and he, he really wants to be the... He is the face of GCW, <laughs> all right? Excuse me, sorry. <laughs> yes, he is the face of GCW. Listen, man, I, I, it was smart business, and also, let's also throw in the fact that the way Nick Gage lost takes nothing away on Nick Gage. Well, first of all, I think Nick oh. Gage is untouchable, but also the story of 4 for all interfering, Ricky Shane Page trying to calm down his, like, his uh, stablemate saying, like, no, 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 we, we don't want this or whatever. He's fighting side by side with Nate Gage at one point. Now this is it's like it's comparing it to like Triple H and Austin, right? This is a blood feud when it came to uh Nick Gage and Ricky Shane Page, right? They're now fighting side by side and Ricky Shane Page is attacking his guys, right? And then what happens? Boom, Swerve City, Ricky Shane Page turns on Nick Gage. And it's funny because I was clapping during the whole time because that's how much Ricky Shane Page are like. I'm a big fan of him. I was clapping when he was fighting with uh, Nick Gage. But then I was also clapping when he turned on Nick Gage. So um, that was another incredible moment. Like, fuck, which then we, we could we could talk about what ha- what's going to happen next um, when it comes to like this feud between Gage and Ricky. But dude, it, it's just everything that happened. And then when Cardona wins, just the garbage getting thrown in the ring or whatever. And he's fucking the heat. He tries to say, while covering himself, he's covering himself with a belt, and he's still, like, trying to celebrate at the same time, whatever, and then he just, like, just starts sprinting out of there, because, and then people were chasing him. That's how crazy this whole thing was. There's a video, I don't know if, um, I forgot who posted it. I don't know if it was actually GCW or the account Murder, Death, Kill on IG. There's this video where you see him getting hit with the bottles or whatever, right, and when he's, like, jetting out of the ring or whatever, there's, like, a mob of people following him. And you see, like, GCW security or whatever, like, just, like, trying to, like, huddle by him or whatever. And they go through, like, a back door or whatever. And he's, like, and they're, you know, they're keeping people, like, out of there or whatever. It was just, like, a, it was a crazy scene, dude. Dude, I've never felt so uncomfortable for somebody like that, like, in <laughs> wrestling. Like, I, 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 I'm serious. Like, dude, like, from the moment he made his entrance to what he was going to be doing in the ring yeah. to him winning to the post-match, I, I mean, I really just, like, it, it was, like, it, to the point where you worry about this yeah. guy, like, wow, I hope I hope he can get out of here safely. Mm-hmm. I hope he can leave Atlantic City right. uh, with just the blood that he has on him from the match itself. And, you know, uh, which, oh, my God, I mean, this guy must have lost so much blood. By the time, well, from the minute he came out, he was wearing all white. Yeah. To the minute the match ended, it looked like a, was red. It looked like a red tank top. It looked like a completely different I, shirt. And he put he did a side by side of like a before and after, mm-hmm. and I had a had a buddy of mine ask me uh, what color his shirt was before the match. It was white, and I was like, and I showed him the, the I showed him the picture, and right. he's like, dude, holy shit! I'm like, yeah, I know, it, it, it's unbelievable. Okay, so Matt Cardona, new face of GCW, the the, the world champ, baby. 
he went to Disney Disneyland with his uh with his beautiful <laughs> beautiful fiance Chelsea Green. All right, which I'm gonna be honest with you, Green got released. She was up here. Um, when it comes to like people talking about and the second Zack Ryder, Matt Cardona won the GCW title. Nobody gave a shit about Chelsea Green no more. They were like, I don't care where she pops up. Let's talk about our, our guy, Matt Cardona, new GCW world champ, which he cleaned the title, and now the title looks amazing. It does. <laughs> yeah, I know. It looks so shiny. I know. So, so you know beautiful. what? Like I said, I'm not the biggest Matt Cardona fan, but I am happy for the guy. He deserves this, and oh, I'm yeah. really, really excited. I'm looking forward to like the business he does with this company. Good for him. Yeah. So let's fast forward, um, and we're going to still talk about the, the show that we attended, but let's just fast forward to the following night, okay? So we got uh Mark Sterling, which is a representative of um, you know major uh, major wrestling uh, uh, figure podcast. You know he's like the he's very tight. You know best friends with Brian Myers, Matt Cardona, whatever, and he's acting like the the, the lawyer, right, if you will, for Matt Cardona, representative, right? So he comes out mm-hmm. and he cuts a promo. The the crowd just doesn't want to hear it. They're booing him, or whatever. Out comes Nick Gage. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Nick Gage attacks Mark Sterling, and then he, he brings out a pizza cutter. One thing we found out this week alone when it comes to Nick Gage is that he loves his pizza cutters, okay? If you guys did yep. not if you guys didn't know about Nick Gage and pizza cutters, you found out this week that, that he loves his pizza cutters, okay? So he wanted to cut up Mark Sterling, okay? That's all that's gonna happen. 440's music hits, out comes 440 as 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 a unit, as the whole unit, because we had Eddie Olney return over the weekend too, right? Which he was missing for like months and he finally made his return or whatever. So now we have the whole 440 together, right? They start surrounding Nick Gage. Out comes Effie, AJ Gray, Alex Cologne, uh, who else? Uh Matthew Justice, Mance Warner. So now it's like you see both, like, groups, right? They're just, like, facing off, whatever. Boom, they just start beating the shit at each other, whatever. 4-4 runs out, and Nick Gage gets on the mic. He starts cutting this promo, saying that he's going to cut up every one of them, blah, blah, blah. And he says, at Chicago, we're going to have ourselves a war games. Huge pop at Showboat. And that's where we're going to get in Chicago all that weekend. GCW's going to have their version of fucking war games. It's going to be 4 4 versus Team MDK. What the fuck, bro? Dude, it's it's that's crazy, bro. Like in GCW is gonna do a war games match. Uh, I mean, on one of the biggest weekends, you know, uh, from you know here until you know the end of the summer. I mean, that's that's just, dude, that's that's insane. Like I'm thinking about like going to Chicago. Yeah, all that's gonna be great. But bro, bro, you 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 have ACW to go to the show. You have to go to the show, bro. If you go to Chicago, oh, like listen. I know. I, I would love to go to Chicago, but I just feel like with everything that's, that happened with my dad or whatever, people are aware that my father passed away. I, I originally wanted to go to All All Out Weekend or whatever, right? And I'm not saying that the door is officially closed on that, but I I'm just I still don't feel too comfortable just traveling yet. You know, I don't want to leave my mom alone. I you know, and, yeah. and if I do go, it's only be like two three days, which is not that bad. But still, like I just feel things are still too fresh or whatever. Plus. In September, I got like we got the big Queen show happening. I know I'm gonna attend the the, the GCW the, the GCW show the following night too. So it's like ah maybe I maybe I'm just gonna chill out at home and probably watching a fight or whatever. But dude, if you end up going, you are going to Chicago, right? Uh, most likely, yeah. Okay. I'm, okay. I'm trying to get the the dates approved. Um, okay. From work exactly, mm-hmm. so I don't know like what I'm when I'm going, how many days I'm going. But okay. yeah, I mean the plan is to go. Dude, if you end up going, you have to send the GCW show because it 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 in oh, man, dude, you know, I... war games, bro. GCW is gonna have their war games, and and you know what? If you if you 
anal analyze the landscape, right, of everything that GCW is doing, like, why wouldn't they not do a war games? Like, I think oh, it's safe yeah. to say that at this point, GCW is not an independent anymore. If they're they're traveling promotion, they they've gone. Yeah. They're going to LA. They they go to Indianapolis. They go to Chicago. They go to all these different places. They go to Texas. They go. They they just don't have a TV deal. And you know, I I don't think they would have a TV deal because just kind of what their product is. But right, they, yeah, where they live off, right? But where they live off is on fight. And for me, the way I look at GCW, and I know a lot of people don't like deathmatch wrestling, and they think GCW is garbage. I don't feel that way, but I think GCW no, no. is is above an indie at this point. They're not an independent promotion anymore. I mean, it's it's one of the red, the most red hot uh, promotions across the world in, in professional wrestling right now. I mean, there's no denying that they are red hot. I mean, people are just talking about GCW. I mean, obviously all the, the big names that are going there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the War Games, and yeah, if I do end up going there, you know, I've always wanted to see a War Games match. That's been on my bucket list. I. I've tried to go to the NXT ones, uh, just, you know, it just never worked right. out in the past. And then, you know, I was going to go to the Blood and Guts for the AEW, and then, you know, COVID got yeah. shut down. So I've been dying to see a War Games match in person. And imagine the first one I ever see is in GCW of all places. Like, dude, I, I, there's no way I would have ever thought that. I mean, that's, that's just crazy. But, I mean, this is uh, the perfect way to kind of end this feud between 440 and, and Nick Gage's, um, you know, group. And it's just a huge marquee match oh my God. for Chicago. And, and it's and perfect. It's, it's perfect. With it just, is. It uh, really is. It's perfect with all the, the chess players involved in, you know, the built-in story between Nick Gage and, and Ricky Shane Page and just all the... The destruction 440 has done within GCW, and it, it's just a, it's just an amazing story. Listen, GCW does a better job with storytelling than WWE does. All right, and people can shit uh, on me yeah. for that. Of course, it does. 100, no doubt about it. Let's um backtrack a little bit. I just want to talk about one more thing that happened the night the night one of Homecoming. You're not the biggest deathmatch guy, or whatever. This is the first time you really yeah. attended a deathmatch wrestling show and just matches live in person, or whatever. I want to talk about Alex Cologne and Drew Parker. I went on record saying, and I didn't. I don't think I've done this publicly. I, to me, that was the best deathmatch wrestling match I watched all year. I think as of right now, and we're still in July, right? That's deathmatch. Match I've seen it all year. I thought the match was just amazing, but that was your first experience watching it live or whatever. And I just kept on like pointing out, like, yo, look at Alex Cologne's back. Like, do you look at his back yeah. like, before the, even the match even started or whatever? And I was just pointing little things out to you. And like, I was just watching like all your guys' reactions during the match, and you couldn't believe what the hell you were watching. But it's not like you couldn't believe, like, oh my god, I'm so disgusted. Like, why am I watching this? You were just so like, holy shit, I can't believe they're doing this. But Kind of tell me how you felt and how was your experience. And do you have, like, not, not saying that you you always respected Deathmatch Wrestling, but it just never was your thing. Do you have a different opinion now? How did you feel about watching this match? What do you think about Drew Parker and Alice Cologne? And there was a big match fight feel to it because it was title versus title. That was announced last minute. Drew Parker is your big Japan Deathmatch champion, and Alice Cologne was the GCW Ultraviolent champion. So it was a big match field but uh tell me tell me tell me how you felt during this match and just watching it yeah I, I felt the same way well i feel the same way that i i felt beforehand where like of course i have an appreciation for it of course i respect you know any guy that goes into a death match like this puts their body 
on the line. I mean, this is like not even just like we're not talking about just putting your body on the line like you know everybody in in wrestling does, right? By jumping off the top rope, right, and doing right. all these crazy moves and moonsaults and three uh, four fifty splashes and all this type mm-hmm. of stuff. Like we're talking about an insanely different level of putting your body on the line, right? right? Like these guys are bleeding out and 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 literally having scars probably for the rest of their life on yep. their backs, on their bodies from this type of shit. Uh, but they do it for the love of the game. They do it for us. They do it to entertain us. So, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, my God, like, I'm a diehard death right, 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 wrestling right. fan. Like, I love, like, that's my type of wrestling. That's my style. I can't wait to, like, see another death match. Like, you know, yeah, it, it's, in, it's like, a sight to see for sure. It's like a holy shit, like, awe-inspiring. Awe like, what the hell are you even watching right now? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you cringe. You want to look away at certain points. I mean, some dude, I, I forget what, I, it has to be that match with Drew Parker and um, Alex Cologne where uh, he stapled his head to like the door or whatever and, he's, and he picks up his head and the door is like coming with it or whatever. Don't forget like, the darts. Shit. Remember the darts? And, and the darts. Oh <laughs> man, don't even get me started with the darts. I can still picture what it looked like, the mm-hmm. piercing in his back with the darts. I mean, God, he just throws one after the other after the other and God, I'm cringing for this guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, Christ, man, like that's just insane. So yeah, I mean, it was just like, like you said, it's it just, it's a spectacle. It's yeah. an art form. It's, it's something different and you just got to respect these guys. I know a lot of people say, oh, this is not for me. It's, it's garbage and stuff, but like, I wouldn't call it garbage. I wouldn't say it's, you know, I wouldn't shit on it completely because like you said, these guys don't have to do it. They choose to do it. They love to do it. It's something different. They're doing it for us. Um, so how can you really, you know, sit there and just be like, you know, shitting all over it? If it's not for you, that's fine. But you got to respect it and give these guys, you know, uh, kudos for, for, for going out there and doing it. So, uh, you know, one or two on the card, which is what we saw uh, at, at GCW night one. Uh, was fine, right. but I don't know if I can watch like a whole like show. A whole, like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like what, what is? Don't they have a show that's like I don't know. You would know better than they. Me, but they I, had I, a show which um it was tournament survival, which I will say yeah, that was yeah. like I would say eighty five percent of the world death matches. There were like maybe two three matches that were sprinkled in there that were just regular yeah. matches. Like even this and this is something I don't watch. I know this weekend is a king of the death match tournament. That for, I think yeah. IWA does that. I could be wrong, but like I don't even watch that or whatever. Like my Death match experience, I kind of just leave it to GCW, whatever. I know, like, uh, ICW does it, and I, I have attended their shows in the past, but, like, I'm more of a GCW guy when it comes to death match wrestling. I mean, yeah. hey, listen, I wasn't the biggest death match guy either, and I'm not saying, like, that's my preference, but I do enjoy it. I do uh, uh, respect it, and, you know, I respect the talent that does it, man, because that's uh, not anybody could just do that. And I know some people will crack no. on and say, like, oh, this is garbage wrestling. It doesn't belong on TV, but... You know what? A lot of the people that say that, right? And I've seen this online. A lot of the people that say that, you click on their page and they're just trolls. They just people that just want to talk shit just for the sake of talking shit. Like people would dedicate a page just to shit on stuff that they don't like. Like what kind of a fucking loser are you? Right, right. Like uh, that's the thing. And you know, I saw somebody I forget. I wish I could bring up the tweet because I, I forgot who, who tweeted it but somebody said it perfectly too and i know we'll, we'll get into it i'm skipping ahead here but mm-hmm. like obviously if you're listening to this you you know that uh, nick gage and chris jericho yep. had a, a, a death match you know uh, a, a new air quoting death match on tv dynamite death match esque you yep. know I'll, I'll say um and you know people are like oh it's garbage i hate to say this but like wrestling well aew specifically is like a wrestling buffet like yep. they give you as sprinkles of every little yep. thing like you'll get a great technical wrestling match you'll get a great high flying match 
You'll get a death match. You'll get a great tag team match. Like, they give you literally everything. Like, there's something for everybody on one of their shows usually. Mm -hmm. So it's like, if you didn't like this, if you didn't like that, if you didn't like the death match thing, Odds are you love the the five-on-five elimination. If you didn't love that, odds are you like the death match. If you didn't like that, you liked something else on the show. If you didn't like uh, that, then, then you, you know, probably just like the garbage that you that you watch on WWE. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Even the, the the GCW show we attended, how good was that one match? I feel like it was AJ Gray and Nolan Edward, I think. Oh, yeah. Uh, like yeah that. Uh, Nolan Edward, yep. Yeah, I mean, that match was phenomenal, and that had no death match or anything. That was just... A, a pro wrestling match where these guys were, were hitting each other, you know, as as hard as they can. It was physical. It was fun. We uh, also had a uh, Tony. So hot. You had Tony Deppin versus Ninja Mac. Those are uh, Ninja yeah, Mac you oh never seen God. before, dude. That guy is unreal. Holy yeah. shit! Like when I saw him coming out uh, with a mask on and and you know saw how agile he is, and mm-hmm. you said, "Watch out for this guy!" And man, I mean, that was so much fun. Even the opener with Starboy Charlie and Marco Stunt. Yeah, was yeah, that was hell, fun, man. Like. That's what I'm saying. So, like, you got two death matches on the show, but you got a bunch of other stuff that was so damn good, too. So, it's like, if the death match stuff turns you off, like, I mean, like, it's not like there was every single match. So, one or two here and there is fine. I mean, yep. I, I guess I'm speaking for myself, but, uh, you know, I just feel like people overreact when it comes to this type of stuff sometimes, man. It's like, geez, you complain that WWE's too kid-friendly and too PG and all this stuff, and they don't bleed anymore, but then right. when you finally do get some blood uh, like this, then you're complaining either way. So, like, what do you really want, you know? Right. Right, I just feel like wrestling fans they they they're fickle, just like Daniel Bryan say they they'll, they'll they'll complain about one thing, but then they 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 like something else that they was which was the same thing that he was complaining about before. Or they just not getting it. It's just it's so weird. But um, one last thing, right, one, yeah, fans, one, so. one last thing on the GCW uh, show because I really want to get your opinion on this. Um, how do you feel about Dave Meltzer's tweet after the finish of the Matt Cardona and Nick Gage match? And I'll just read the tweet real quick. I'm sure people will make their lame excuses for it or say how great the heat was, but the crowd reaction was such bullshit and such an embarrassment to the industry. I know you're a big Meltzer guy, so that's why I want to get your yeah. opinion. Yeah, listen, I love I love Uncle Dave, man. The, the guy <laughs> is, you know, like I said, I, I feel like a lot of people shit on it for, I mean, you know, rightfully so when he comes on some stupid shit like this. And, right. and the stuff he said in the past about, uh, I think he, he like said something about Peyton Royce not uh, being ugly one yeah, time like, yeah, years yeah, ago, yeah, yeah. and you know he just he doesn't do himself any justice. When no, it he comes to, to these things. No, he doesn't. But you know what? If you, if you want a reliable source when it comes to wrestling news, it's him. Uh, I met the guy in. Um, I met him all in weekend. Is he a great uh, guy? He was. He's a great guy. Okay. Yeah, he was just he was very genuine and cool, and like you know, just I mean, I really sit there and talk to him forever, but like you know, he's just a cool down there dude, and like I've heard. Him on podcasts. I mean, obviously, you listen to him on the Observer, uh, you know, radio with with Brian Alvarez. I've heard him, you know, a bunch of other times in different places. And like, right. I don't know, just like I enjoy listening to him, like his reviews and and to see his reactions to certain things. And I I love the star ratings. Like, I don't know, I'm a mark for Meltzer. What can I say? But in this case, like, I just don't understand where he's coming from on this. Like, I, unless he didn't follow the story closely, and he doesn't, he's not aware of of, of how hated Matt Cardona was mm-hmm. from the minute he attacked Nick Gage at that right. GCW show a few months ago. Like, I don't understand why he would say this. And now, I... Listen, like, it was... A, it created for a great moment. Yep. Yep. Uh, the heat was amazing. Mm-hmm. Matt Cardona didn't get hurt as a result of it. Uh, so I'm okay with it. People. But if, if Cardona did get hurt, right? If, if, if somebody threw, like, 
an actual full beer can or a pizza cup or you know yeah or something yeah like we're throwing like some like, some real crazy shit right and this guy got hurt because mm-hmm. of it oh i, I would agree 100 percent. Right. like like you you don't do that right okay like i would never throw anything in a ring like i i'm just i had a water bottle that was half empty and like i kept it in my pocket like it wasn't even a thought in my head to throw it like yeah I'm me either me like either that. i would never do that yeah either. i would never do that either. yeah and, you know and even like uh, so I'm going to bring sports into this. Like the New York Islanders, they won um, their last game at Nassau Coliseum in the playoffs uh, last month. And when it, it was like a, a crazy overtime goal, so exciting. Fans started chucking beer cans on the ice. Like it was just, they, they showered the, the, the players and the whole ice full of like beer cans and water bottles and things like that. And for me, it ruined the moment. I hated that. I thought it was the most ridiculous, idiotic, stupid thing that they could have ever done. You know, players are do- trying to celebrate, but they're also trying to dodge bottles at the same time. It ruined the moment for me. I thought it was just complete garbage, very classless. And, you know, I mean, we won. So I don't know why we're, we're throwing right. cans at our own what? players. There's no, so I hated that. Why is there, so want- why is there heat for your team winning? Right. Right. It wasn't meant to be heat. It was meant to be like a celebration. They want to shower them with beer or whatever. But it just came off looking terrible. So I don't want to be a hypocrite and say, oh, I love what they did to Cardona and I hated that. Uh, But it created for a good moment. He didn't get hurt. So, you know, I'm okay with it. But like I said, if if it went anywhere else, then I could see where Meltzer is is coming from. But to say that it was an embarrassment to the industry, I mean, that's just a little harsh. Like, does he not... Realize, like when the NWO was formed, the same crap well, happened. Right? This is all when, when my problem with Meltzer is, and it's, and I'm glad that you brought up the NWO thing because the NWO thing minus, um, I guess pizza cutters and shit like that, right? The NWO yeah. thing was very similar to the Matt Cardona finish to GCW, right? Him winning that title, yeah. it was very very similar. Like if you pull up both clips apart from each other, like it's very very similar. So. I find it very hypocritical, and that's the problem I have with Meltzer. And I'm not, I don't, it's not that I hate Meltzer. I just call a spade a spade when it comes to Meltzer. I think at times Meltzer comes off very sensitive, very egotistical, very biased at times. And sometimes if he reports something, now I'm not saying that his reports are like bullshit or anything like that, because I will never say that about Meltzer. And I will never say that Meltzer isn't a reliable source, because he is. I say, I say like 90% of the time he is. He's a very reliable source. But then other yeah. times, I feel like he'll report something which is more of an opinion. And then when it comes out not being true, you know, the, the famous words when it comes to like Dershey writers, are like, oh, well, plans change. Like, right. no, Meltzer, maybe that was your opinion on what you thought was going to happen. And then that's not what happened. And now you're trying to change like your wording. That's my only problem with Meltzer. But listen, a lot of Dershey writers do the same thing. So like, I'm, I don't want to crap on Meltzer too much, but that's my problem with Meltzer. He's very egotistical at times. And I feel like sometimes he's very sensitive, very, very sensitive. But when it comes to this tweet, I feel like that tweet came from a place where he's not in tune with the GCW product and he doesn't follow it on a regular basis. And I feel like he just watched the show because of the build of Matt Cardona versus Nick Gage. And he just took that reaction from the crowd as what the embarrassment to the business was. Instead of being like, no, this guy came in with super with crazy heat. There was a story built into it. I feel like if he would have been following it from day one, maybe he would have had a different opinion. And he wouldn't have tweeted out what he tweeted out. Yeah, I mean, it just it just goes to show, like, if you don't know what you're talking about, just don't don't even bother saying anything. Right. You, know? you right. just make yourself look like an idiot. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what he did. And you know what? GCW is going to capitalize off of it. And very, very ballsy of them to, to put that tweet on a T-shirt. Oh, I bought the shirt already. 
I bought the shirt. Did you? Uh, did you? Oh my I bought God, the shirt. I bought the shirt. Hey, listen, anything that, that listen, like, I don't hate Meltzer, and I want people to understand, I don't hate Meltzer. But any anything to crap on Meltzer and just give him shit, I, I fully support because sometimes he deserves it. The following night yeah, at Homecoming no, night, yeah. night Two, after every after, before the match even started, guess what the crowd was saying? Fuck you, Meltzer. Every yep. fucking um um right before the match started, every fucking time, that's what we got. And you know what? Meltzer deserves that. I'm not saying I'm not yep. like I'm not saying send hate mail to the guy. I'm not saying send death threats to the guy. You know, it, yeah, I just uh, have an opinion about Meltzer. That's how I feel about him. I don't hate the guy. I'm sure he's a great guy, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like, uh, oh fuck Meltzer, he's a piece of shit. I'm not gonna say that. He, the problem with Meltzer is what I said about him. That's it. Like you know, don't if, for people that listen to the Wrestling Observer, or whatever, good for you or whatever. Support him. I I don't want people not to support him, but. When you screw up, you know, you got to be called out on it. And to be honest with you, I'm more of a Brian Alvarez guy than a Dave Meltzer guy. Just saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I love I love both of them together. I think they're hilarious. They're mm-hmm. entertaining. And, you know, yeah, I mean, that exactly what you said about Meltzer is the problems I have with him, too. I mean, I can't defend him when he says stupid shit like that or, like I said, when he made the Peyton Royce comments and a bunch of other things that he said in the past, too. You know, he, like you said, he doesn't do himself any favors sometimes. Right. And right. It's not everything that he says takes, you know, it gets, you know, taken to a whole nother level. Uh, sometimes, and you know, I, the only thing I don't hate, I, the only thing I hate is when people shit on him because they say, "Oh, you know, uh, he's on the AEW and uh, the New Japan payroll, and he only gives five star matches to Tokyo Dome shows, and he he'll never rate a WWE match five stars." As if like any WWE match lately deserves a five star rating, right? Like as if whatever five-star rating he gives to an AEW match that most likely deserves it doesn't deserve it you know like I, I just hate when people think he's biased when the when i mean and you you could feel a different way if, if you feel he's biased that you know i feel like uh, he's biased he's very biased at times or whatever and i'll even i will i would uh i'll even go back and not even talk about anything recent like he he just has an infatuation about japan and don't get me wrong i does, love yeah. new japan like i'm not like i'm not trying this is not a crapping on New Japan. I do feel like he does has a biased pain because guess what? WrestleMania 25, Michaels and, and Taker, he didn't give that match a five-star match. Now, like yeah. I said, that's his opinion, okay? Everybody's entitled to their own opinion. I'm not I'm not arguing that point. But when you're in this line of work, you kind of have to have like, you can have an opinion, like we do, like we're both doing right now. Like we're having opinions about Bray Wyatt. We're having opinions about AEW. We're having opinions about GCW, which is fine, but we're making it known in its opinion. I feel like sometimes right. what Meltzer is he feels like when he does like a rating for a match or whatever, like that's the end all be all, which is fine. That's your opinion, but then you have and maybe, maybe my issue with Melter ain't necessarily going to Melter. Maybe it's more of the Melter followers that hype this guy so much, like he's the end all be all, which he's not. I'm sorry. Is he a wrestling historian? Absolutely. Has he been doing this for God knows how long? Like is he on like the head of the table when it comes to this? Absolutely. But. There are so many other reliable opinions and sources that you could get from, like, a Mike Johnson from PW Insider, mm-hmm. from, like, a Raj Geary from Wrestling Inc., from, like, a Sean Ross Sapp. And, and hey, man, you could even throw the guy that's running a Bodyslam.net because he fucking broke the wrestling oh world God. the last two weeks. You could even mention him. You could also uh, mention my guy, um Andrew, from the Mad, uh, Mad, uh, Matt Man podcast. Yep, you, could also, yep. you could mention him, too. Like, there's other reliable... Notice how I didn't mention wrestling, uh, uh, Ringside News, or uh, what's the other no. jerk-off? Um, 
Brad, whatever his name is. The other oh, tra- Brad Shepard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to say his name yeah, on the Yeah, they're piece of fucking garbage. But anyways, yeah. like, there's other reliable sources. And, and I think that's my another issue I have with Meltzer. Maybe he's not necessarily Meltzer himself, besides the opinions I have of, of the guy. But maybe it's just, like, the people that follow him and think, like, he's the end-all, be-all. Like, I'm sorry, he's not. Like, he has, a, he has an opinion. He's entitled to it. Is he reliable when it comes to a lot of the things he reports? Absolutely. But the guy has been wrong before. Like, he reported it. Like, people forget that back in the day when the we were getting the rumblings of the NWO before, like, NWO was named the NWO, and when their people were saying, like, who's going to be the third man? He reported that Mabel was going to be the third guy. Come on, man. And this yeah, is the, yeah and, I know. And yep. this is the almighty Meltzer. So that's my issue when it comes to, like, the whole Meltzer topic, and we can move on. Um... I think at times he could be a biased opinion. I'm not saying all the time, but at times he does have like a biased tone when it comes to him reporting things or like addressing things or having an opinion about things. Yeah, yeah, like you said, he, he, he's entitled to his opinion. And that's, I, I think, the main reason why a lot of people have a problem with him is because he is uh, leading a little bit too much towards AEW and New Japan. But mm-hmm. like I said, you know, I, I view it as like, you know, like as those matches deserve to be. Oh, absolutely. High. No, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. So like, that's why I don't really have a problem with it. But like, you know, yeah, I mean, if raid not rating Sean and Taker, which I didn't even know about because, you know, it's just so long ago. Right, 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 right. I didn't, right, even, right. Know, I didn't right. even know who Dave Meltzer was at that time, that time. So I wasn't following him or anything right, like right. that. Um, but you know, like, like, like recently, you know, if, if, if there's a good WWE match, everybody wants it to be five stars, but it's not on the same level as like the new Japan type of stuff. And that's how he views it. And that's kind of how I view it too. So that's why I kind of sympathize with him a little bit too. It's like when you watch those two shows and want two different matches, it's just, one is just on a completely different scale than the other. But yeah, I mean, you know, that's, that's Meltzer in a nutshell, his five-star ratings and all that stuff. It's his opinion at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. It's just funny how people get so butthurt over it as if like, you know, it's like you said, it's the end all be all as if that really. Yeah, I don't, I listen, I don't really give a shit about the ratings. Like, don't get me wrong. When he rates someone uh, a match or whatever, I'll be like, oh, look, they deserved it or whatever. But like, if it's a match that I really enjoyed and he only gave the match like three and a quarter stars or whatever, I'll just look like, all right, whatever. I mean, I don't know what you were watching, but like, whatever. Like, that's your opinion. (laughs) Right. Uh, all right, dude. Let's um let's kind of transition from GCW to AEW, but still talk about deathmatch wrestling. Let me ask you a question: Can can we? Is it safe to say that Jericho is one of the greatest of all time? Like the guy oh, at fifty absolutely. years old, at fifty years old, did a deathmatch light match on network TV, and it's something he didn't have to do, and he fucking did that. I, that just goes to show you, like, and I did it in my post talking about this match. On, on Instagram and Facebook. That just goes to show you how much respect Chris Jericho not only has for Deathmatch Wrestling, but also for Nick Gage. Because Nick Gage, yeah. he brought out some of his hits during this match. And, you know, that just goes to show you the, the, the professionalism and just how Jericho's a man, bro. I, I just can't praise Jericho enough. I love Chris Jericho. I'm a big Chris Jericho guy. And I think we, we need to really, if, he, if people wasn't having this conversation before, we really need to start having it now. Chris Jericho is going to go down to history as one of the all-time greats, greatest of all time. Oh, my God, yeah, without a doubt, dude. I mean, God, that, like you said, the guy, similar to Gargona, does not have to do this. He's already really cemented his legacy, if you're mm-hmm. being honest right now. If he retired and do this AEW run, mm-hmm. Chris Jericho still goes down as one of the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. But he, even more so now because of all the stuff he's doing, you know, in AEW and, you know, like you said, doing this deathmatch thing on national television with Nick Gage, and I don't know whose idea that was. I'm sure, you know, guys like Joey Janela 
Yeah. Um, John Moxley had like a big yep. saying in it because oh, they're, yeah. they're obviously no Nick Gage a lot. But I mean, the fact that Chris Jericho was okay with it, was agreed to it, said, you know, fine, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll do it. I'll, I'll be willing to, you know, take these light tubes to the face. Bro. I'll be willing to, you know, go through this yep. torture and, yep. and, and bleed out and do all this crap. Like you said, when he does not have to do it, I mean, you know, like I said, kudos to him uh, for, for putting his body out there on the line. And like you said, what, what, what more can you say? I mean, he is legit the GOAT. Like, at his age, it's just incredible. And what a fucking pro Jericho is because he sold the light tubes. And I think that's what shocked me the most about this match. The fact that we got light tubes. The glass, I'm like, okay, I can see the glass. I can see us getting glass because we've gotten glass before in AEW. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But the light tubes, I was like, wow, we're going to get light tubes here. And he fucking took it like a champ, bro. He sold it like he's been in death matches before. He looked like a he looked like a deathmatch wrestler. Yo, let's you know what? Brett Lauderdale, let's get this going, all right? Fucking 2022, let's get Chris Jericho, Tournament Survival, baby. Let's make this happen. (laughs) There we go. I'm down for it, man. I'm down for it. Listen, like you said, you already got Cardona. Get get Jericho now, man. Listen, he looked good in this deathmatch type landscape. You could feel like in the beginning of the match, which it was, first of all, the crowd did an amazing job with like, uh, let's go Jericho, MDK, like, they, they yeah. played into it, too, like, they were all about Nick Gage also, but you could yeah, tell yeah. in the beginning of the, of the match, like, this is Nick Gage, this is like Nick Gage's WrestleMania, in the sense, like, this is the first time he's probably performed in the largest crowd he's ever performed in, all right, in an arena, live on network TV, you could tell, like, he was a little bit nervous, but Jericho, the veteran that he is, kind of like, you know, carried him in the beginning or whatever and kind of got Nick Gage out of that funk. And then Nick Gage, he was giving us all his hits, man, which was great. Yeah, dude, I I, I mean, Nick Gage had a huge following here, which is really cool to see. I was in North Carolina, but um, a lot of people I saw online, like people had like MDK signs and stuff like that. And signs said like, oh, I traveled uh, yep. here in North Carolina yep. for Nick Gage, which is pretty crazy. I mean, it's just supposed to show, like I said before, this is a legit cult following mm-hmm. that, that this guy has. It's crazy. And I'm glad he has these diehard fans because, like you said, he he doesn't have a family anymore. So this is all he, he's got, and this is what he does it for. So uh, really cool to see that. And like you said, whether he gets another opportunity or not, he really made the most of this opportunity. Like he did. killed it. He looks like a pro for somebody who's really never wrestled on network TV before. I mean, Nick Gage did a tremendous job. So, you know, we're praising Jericho for the amount of yeah. stuff that he went through. But, man, we really got to just really say a lot about Nick Gage and uh, just how great of a job he did uh, because, you know, not that I thought he couldn't be trusted, but I was a little, like, worried, like, how he would do <laughs> on television. I really was. I'd be like, oh, my God, like, what if he what if he actually goes off script and thinks he could do this and, and thinks he could do that? But at the end of the day, this guy's a pro wrestler. He understands the business. Uh, you know, he might say these type of things like, oh, right. I'm going to kill this guy, I'm going to do this. But at the end of the day, he knows that he can actually At the end of the day, what, you, what you're trying to say is at the end of the day, he's a great guy. That's what you're trying to say. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's a great guy, dude. I mean, come on. We saw him in the, in the, in the lobby of the showboat, too. And, you know, he, he looked out of it. He, uh, oh, yeah, I, I took we the elevator with him. He almost got off the wrong floor, bro. Um, <laughs> he did, man. And, yeah. But he's a, he's a good dude. He's really a good dude. He's and and he, deser- right. he deserves all the... All the love and admiration and all the yeah. success he's getting. Because he's been through so much or whatever. And I get it. There's some peckerheads out there saying like, oh, he's a garbage wrestler. He's this and that. But listen, 
I want you, for the peckerheads that are so judgmental, and for the peckerheads that doesn't understand that match wrestling, or just doesn't want, don't care about it, don't respect it, why don't you put yourself in a guy's shoes like Nick Gage, right? Put yourself in his shoes and think if you could do what he does in the ring. I guarantee you, right, can. right, exactly. Yeah, no, it's not something anybody could just do for Christ's sake, you know. And this is this guy's. Listen, if it wasn't for deathmatch wrestling, what would this guy be doing? He's he's not going to wrestle regular technical wrestling matches, right? Like the deathmatch thing is is his thing. So there's a spot for him in his business because of deathmatch yep. wrestling. Jericho goes over. I think we all expected that. To me, Nick Gage did not lose nothing whatsoever after this match. I think he gained more popularity. Uh, people oh, are gonna, uh, people are more aware on Nick Gage or whatever. And then we also start seeing like this little Twitter feud between MJF and and Nick Gage. So I don't know if that's gonna be something we see at like a future GCW show. Maybe Nick Gage makes another appearance in AEW and attacks MJF. I don't know. This is all just speculation on my part. We're starting to see like a little back and forth between MJF and Nick Gage, but. After this match, MJF comes out. He was doing commentary for this match, and he says like he uh, he kind of just he kind of took it back to like a, a promo. I believe is when Jericho first was asking MJF if he wanted to join the inner circle, and this is like before like the pandemic era or whatever. It was a, a promo where MJF asked who Hooventude was, and that's gonna be Jericho's next match. We're gonna get Hooventude Guerrera versus Chris Jericho next week on Dynamite. This is the first time in God knows, probably in over 20 years, that we're going to get this match on TNT again. Dude, I mean, long-term storytelling. Yep. Unfreaking believable. Obviously, wasn't intentional. Right. But, man, oh, man, this is just good. This is just what AEW does, man. Genius. What a tremendous idea. Genius. What a, I mean, really, like, the fact that they took something that was a joke yep. in a promo that happened at this point, like you said, two years, well, I mean, a year and a half ago, oh, Right, I don't. I it, think it was close in to you. It'll be it'll be two years, I believe, in this fall. Yeah, yeah, which is just incredible. And listen, like when they came up with the storyline to have the five labors of Jericho, which, by the way, I think is a tremendously amazing idea. Like, in order for Jericho to have get a match with MJF, you have to make him go through all these different opponents. And it's not just uh, each member of the pinnacle, right? Because that's what WWE would do, right? right? I mean, that's just lazy, right? Oh, have him go through each pinnacle member or. Each, each member of the group, you know, which obviously he's going to do with no problem. But if you throw roadblocks in there, like guys that he's unprepared for, like Nick Gage, like Overtude, <laughs> like, like that just makes it fun yeah. and, like, exciting. That's and, what it is. Like it's, you said, like, AEW's and, fun and exciting, even with their storytelling. Oh, my God. It's, it's Dude, the storytelling is, is one of the best parts about AEW. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously we all knew Jericho was going over Gage. That was obvious. And the main thing that I was, you know, at the edge of my seat for by the end of the show was to see who Jericho's next opponent was going to be. And I can't wait to see who it's going to be after he beats Hootsuit. So, like, that's it's just so cool, man. Like, just so creative. And, like I said, who knows what the hell Tony Khan has up his sleeve next. Because this this dude has just, like, the most insane ideas and, and things you, you would just not even expect at all. Yeah, dude. Um, it, It's just... AEW is just such a phenomenal product, man. And, and I know people are going to probably get all bent out of shape because we, you know, we're, we're praising AEW so much. But, I just, know, I know. but just watch AEW. Right? Like, even if, you know, like someone, t- like AEW is such a cool, enjoyable watch. And even going to the, like, you watch the audience, right? You watch the audience. You watch the crowd reactions. They're going there to have a great time. You know, just to transition from, from the Jericho stuff, let's talk about the start of the show, The Elite versus The Dark Order. The presentations for both stables 
the, the, the visual, them coming out, the crowd reactions for both of them. Like, oh my God, like, this is what wrestling is about. This is what wrestling should be. It should be fun. It should make you yep. feel all these different emotions. You should be invested in what you're watching. And they gave us that from the start of the show. The Dark Order entrance with Hangman, my God. The promo package that they gave us right, like, Right before, like his music hit or whatever, the, it's just I just loved it. The, like the the whoever was narrating that, you know, talking about Hangman Page or whatever, it was so it was so amazing. Like I hope they post. Po I don't know if they if AEW posted that um little visual that video package on on YouTube yet. But man, if you guys could find it on YouTube, watch it because it's fucking amazing. And then fucking the Dark Order comes out as a unit with the with the purple like bandanas around their faces or whatever, and they're coming out or whatever. Hangman Page in the middle. And they're just all lined up, and they're all doing, like, the Dark Order pose, except Hangman, because while he's representing the Dark Order, he's not really an official member of the Dark Order, but in many yeah. ways, he's still kind of, like, the face of the Dark Order, which is it's a weird combination, but it makes sense. And then out comes the Elite. They're dressed in Space Jam gear, and now the, the Elite Squad, which I find it amazing. They're promoting the Space Jam uh, movie. I just loved everything about this, bro. Yeah, and it made it feel so big. Like, you know, it was just a cool thing that, you know, some people are probably going to be like, oh, you know, they, they went above and beyond on entrances for a, for a match on Dynamite that really didn't matter. Well, you know, it did matter. The match was pretty big. It was, it was built to be a big-time match, and uh, it was just unique. It was just something really cool. And uh, the only thing I didn't understand, and, you know, I, I love the Elite Squad entrance. I thought it was freaking awesome with, with, the, with the music, too, and everything. Um you know, obviously these guys are heels, though, right? And, and they're trying to get heat and stuff like that. And this is just the opposite of what <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that they wanted. You know, I mean, now they, they would have came out as like the monsters or something. Now, now that's heat right there. <laughs> right, right. Like that was a little confusing to me. Right, but right, I, right. I, I'm not going to complain about that. Right, right, much, right. But Dark Order's entrance too. I mean, God, Hangman Page felt like such a big freaking deal. Uh, walking out too with the, you know, like in like the gear that he was in yeah. and everything. They just look like a badass group. Like, it's just so cool. And I, like you said, that's what AEW does, man. They, they just, they come up with these things. They have these ideas. Yep. They make everything exciting and fun. And, I mean, Dynamite is appointment TV every single week. Yes. It's yes. must-see television. Yep. Like, it, I, like it, we're not even just on here just praising them just because, you know, we're marks for, for you know, the elite or whatever. Like, dude, AEW is the hottest wrestling promotion Right now in the world, there is yep. not one single wrestling TV show on TV. It doesn't matter. It's not Raw. It's not SmackDown. It's not NXT. It's not Impact. It is AEW Dynamite. That is the mm -hmm. most, that is the hottest professional wrestling show on the planet right now. And I don't even think, I mean, listen, there's going to be AEW haters that deny it and stuff like that too. But let's be honest, in on the inside, they know that it's the hottest wrestling That's why they're so, well, that's why they're so angry. That's, so, that's why right, they're so right. angry and they get so pissed off on how much attention, how much praise AEW gets because their product is just amazing. And the thing is with them, AEW, like you said, it's a buffet. They they have a little bit of everything in there. They even have a little bit of nostalgia in AEW. Like there's just so mm -hmm. much great things coming out of AEW. Now, the finish was, it was two on one. It was Kenny Omega, Nick Jackson, Hangman Page was a lone survivor on his team or whatever. Yeah, you know, with, with some shenanigans... Kenny Omega pinned Hangman Page. I was not upset with the loss. I know a lot of people were. They were pissed off or whatever. I'm like, this is one of these scenarios where you could actually use the phrase, let's let the story play out because the story's oh, not yeah. over yet, right? 
Now, Meltzer reported, I believe, like two days later, saying, like, the plans have changed. We are ultimately going to get the Hangman Page and Kenny Omega match, but it's not going to happen at All Out, which I feel I have mixed feelings about it. For the simple fact, I'm like, man, All Out just seems like the perfect time to get, like, Hangman Page crowning moment, right? But then at yeah. the same time, it's like, you know, we're getting all these rumors with the Punk and Daniel Bryan, which we're going to we're gonna touch, like, we're going to touch in a little bit on, like, all these fucking rumors, right? Um... When is Punk going to show up? Daniel Bryan. Maybe it's not the right time to have that match at All Out. Even though I want it to happen All Out. Because I just feel like it will be the perfect atmosphere to have this match at. But maybe we don't get it. Maybe we get it at the Queen Show. Maybe we get it at Full Gear. Which will be a year to the day. Where Kenny Omega beat Hangman Page. Uh, last year at Full Gear. To, uh, for the for the, the World Title Tournament. That will be... That'll be a year. So maybe you have this match at full gear. I don't know. You know, I, I know some people were questioning Meltzer's report. Like, oh, what does Meltzer know? Whatever. Um, the, This is one of the, the reports where I actually, I'm leaning towards, I'm going to believe Meltzer on this one, where plans right. do change. But who do you think Omega faces at, at, um, at All Out, though? Yeah, I mean, it, it's like, you know, it, it sucks. So I'll be honest. Like, yeah. I feel like the, the you got to strike when the iron is yes. hot right now. Yes. The iron is hot and Hangman Page is so over right now. Yep. But I just hope when they do eventually do this match if it is at full gear which is in november that he could keep this momentum going and, and hopefully people still care enough about him because right now he's so over that you know i just don't want to lose that momentum right but if there's anything that aew has told us it's that you know they've earned their they've earned um our trust you yeah. know like like they they really we should really give them the benefit of the doubt when it comes mm-hmm. to certain things because mm-hmm. You know, Tony Khan obviously knows what he's doing. Obviously, this is going to end up with Hangman winning the title. It's just a matter of when at this point, not if. And, you know, I understand that they want to overshadow that moment with the CM Punk. Um, It's probably going to be a match at this point because I'm sure he's going to debut at the Rampage show at the United Center. So they don't want to overshadow it with CM Punk's first match back after seven years of being in retirement. Uh, that just goes to show that they really care that much about Hangman. They want to give him that proper moment that he deserves. So I can respect that and I can understand that. But like I said, it is pretty disappointing because, you know, uh, why even... I mean, I get why, but, like, why even tease the program right, right now? Right. And then, you know, you don't even do the match now for another four months, just say. Um, but I guess they're really making us want it that badly. And I guess that's the point of this. Or maybe they didn't plan when they started the story a couple of weeks ago. They didn't plan to not have it at all out because the plan was up until recently to have it there. Um, so, I, I mean, I think Meltzer, uh, he reported that it's either going to be Eddie Kingston or Christian Cage uh, to face Omega for the title at all out. And um, if I had to give an opinion, it's probably going to be Christian Cage just because they've been building him up. He's undefeated. Yeah. Uh, I'm not really too high on that. While I think it's going to be a great match, going to be fun. Uh, I just don't think that's a pay-per-view worthy match, especially at an event like All Out that's right. you know billed as one of their biggest pay-per-views right. of the year. Uh, so that's a little disappointing. But you know, like I said, it, we're going to get that match eventually. It just sucks that it's not going to be now. Um, and you know, I, I didn't I didn't hate the fact that that Kenny and and the Elite went over Hangman in that Me five either. on five because I still thought that. Me too. We were going to get that at All Out. Like Me too. I still thought that's just how they're going to prolong it now for another month and. I don't really know how they're going to get to that, but I thought they were going to get, you know, to that match eventually. Um, so I didn't hate it at all. And I still don't hate it. Even though when I get a match, I still don't hate the decision to have the elite go over because, you know, make Hangman go over as many hurdles as he can because it makes that moment that much more better and sweeter when he does eventually win uh, the big prize at the end. But 
yeah, I mean, it sucks. It sucks that we're not getting this match now. Um, you know, hey, we're getting CM Punk, though. So it's, it's like, really, it's like pick your poison, you know? It's like, what do you want? Do you want CM Punk to, to have a match <laughs> on the card? Or do you want Hangman Page to win the title? You know, it's kind of just like, unfortunately, we should be able to get both. But the way AEW is thinking, obviously, we can't get both. So AEW, this past Wednesday night on Dynamite, they made a huge announcement that Rampage... I believe, was it August 14th or something like that? I know it's the... Uh, the 20th. It's on SummerSlam weekend. SummerSlam actually. weekend, which, yo, they're trying to take all they're the heat away from them. Yep. Right, so they're going to be at the United Center. And if I'm not mistaken, I think they're close to selling out. Or do they sell out already? Oh, man, they're, they're probably really close, dude. And I have... No, uh, I had no doubts from the start that they were going to uh, sell this shit, shit out, man. I have, I put up a uh, screenshot of two texts on, um, on Twitter, uh, at Lucha Outsiders of, uh, it was my brother and, and my friend Ryan, we were going at it in a group chat and my brother said, do you think they sell at the United Center? And I just said, yes. And then my friend goes, oh, I don't know. You know, United Center is really big. They might type off some sections. I said, I think they'll do it. And, well, well listen, know, who, like I said, who, for the person that was down, that was doubting, was that your brother downing AEW, or was that your they boy? Were bo- both of them. Ah, right, well, they, they get. They, we, I don't have the drops here, but they get a congratulations from me. <laughs> all right, the fact that yep. you would doubt in Chicago, out of all places, right? Yeah. If you would doubt, and they're naming it, I believe the first dance, like that's going to be their game yeah. title for for this episode of Rampage. So we're getting Rampage at the United Center. So the second they broke this news, AEW, right? You know, we give them shit about their camera angles, but this is one we have to praise 110%. They shoot camera angles at the crowd, and loud CM Punk chants erupt in the fucking arena. And then we get a, a backstage promo with Darby and Sting, where Darby mentions best in the world, okay? This all all happening by design. If you guys are living under a rock, we're getting all these reports from Bodyslam.net, which reported it, about a punk going to AEW, as well as a Daniel Bryan going to AEW. Um, Listen, where do you want to start here? You want to start with punk or you want to start with Bryan? Hey, since we're on the topic of Chicago, let's just go with punk. Bro, I, I... it's not that I can't believe it, but it's just like, wow, man, we're finally getting this. We're finally getting this punk return. Listen, I, I've gone on here and defended punk, and also I have criticized punk. Um, and not criticism like, oh, he's a jerk or anything like that. No, 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 it's not criticism like that. I think with me, it was more criticism on like, dude, your UFC thing is not working out. Like, I respect you for doing it. Let, let's just hang it up, man. Do something else, man. That was my more criticism on Punk. But I always, on this show, defending Punk, saying, like, whether he wants to come back or wrestling, that's his own prerogative. Like, just let the guy be or whatever. Stop harassing the guy. I still think he's a good dude. I still think he loves the business or whatever. But when you're getting constantly harassed online from fucking schmucks and peckerheads, like, uh, when are you going to come back? Uh, why are you hate wrestling so much? That gets annoying after a while. It's like, shut up. Shut up. Like, he still loves wrestling. And I also had criticism as well on, like, how the the falling out of the Cole Cabana punk thing. This is all reports, so who knows if it's true or not. But, like, if if we're going by reports here, I feel like it kind of sucks that kind of punk left Cole Cabana high and dry. The way yeah. he did. Um, so that I was very, I uh, have very strong opinions about that. I felt bad for Cole Cabana because one thing we know about Cole Cabana is that he's a great guy. So um, yeah. I, I, I felt guy. I felt really bad for Cole or whatever. And I just hated how that relationship ended or whatever. But who knows? 
Maybe they're putting the pieces back together, um, and they're going to patch things up. Who knows? I don't I mean, know. They're going to be in, in the same company. So, right. I mean, yeah. Right. In a perfect world, I would love that, all right? Because yeah. I, I, I love Coca Cabana, and I love CM Punk. Listen, man, I'm all support for CM Punk returning. I'm all in support for him to be in AEW. If I had to guess here, I feel like Punk will be on a Brock Lesnar-esque type schedule if I had to take a wild guess. This is without me knowing anything. But I'm excited. I'm ex excited for these possible matchups. And I will say this, and I'll, and I'll wrap up with this, and I'll let you take it away. There was a lot of people in the last couple of years. It, it's been 10 years. and No, no, no. It's been a little bit. It's been like eight, seven years, I, I want to say, since Punk left wrestling and never came yeah. back. There's been a lot of people crapping on CM Punk, saying, fuck CM Punk. I never want him to come back. Oh, who gives a shit about CM Punk? For those same people that have been criticizing Punk and shitting on CM Punk's name, all right? When CM Punk comes back, and if I see any of y'all all of a sudden trying to jump on that CM Punk bandwagon, not only are you going to get congratulations from me, but I'm also going to call you out. People like Lucha Outsiders alumni, Sammy Suplex. When he was on this show, when I tell you, he would cut promos on CM Punk on how he was a piece of garbage or whatever. Me and Leo used to chastise this dude and used to tell him, like, bro, you know if CM Punk comes back, you're going to be all about it or whatever. You're going to be like, yeah, CM Punk, whatever. He's like, nah, fuck him, yada, yada. And you could go on, the, you could go on, if you don't believe me, go on previous episodes where he would, he would crap on CM Punk's good name. Let me tell you something. When he comes back, I guarantee you Sam's going to be all about it. He's going to be all about yeah. it. And he won't be the only one. <laughs> because there's a lot of people that have shit all over him because they never thought he would come back and hate they hate the way he handled leaving and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And listen, CM Punk is one of my favorite wrestlers ever. Me okay. Too. I Me am too. a huge CM Punk fan. He that summer of punk. Ugh. Um uh the, I'm not talking about the Ring of Honor one. That was before my time, even though that was really great, but that was before my time as a wrestling. You're fan. talking about the WWE one. The WWE one, yeah. yeah. That pipe bomb promo throughout yep. the whole entire summer of his match with John Cena at Money in the Bank yep. to leaving to then coming to John Cena winning uh, the the new WWE Championship to CM Punk returning with Colt's personality with the old one, then yep. facing off, and then the SummerSlam thing, yep. and then let's just not talk about what happened after SummerSlam. But everything leading up to that yep. was just one of the greatest wrestling memories for me as a kid watching wrestling. And I wasn't even you know that much of a kid. I was in high school, but still, like that was like really just peak wrestling for me like wwe like that was just i was just all over that i didn't really know what the dirt cheap websites were <clears throat> so after that pipe bomb promo i had no idea if that was real fake you know right. whatever i would i would just do so much research on it i was so heavy into it so cm punk like that's my guy all right i i defended him throughout the whole uh leaving thing and and the whole uh podcasting with Cole cabana and then his ufc career everybody shitting all over it all you shouldn't do this you shouldn't do that I supported him throughout yeah. everything. I've met him a few times. Great guy. Great let me tell guy. You. Like, great people guy. think great he's guy. a he's a piece of shit. No, no, no. Great guy. Great dude. No, no, no. Go meet him and talk to him. He's not a piece of shit, okay? He has the balls to speak up, mm -hmm. okay? He speaks his mind, and there's nothing wrong with that because not a lot of other people would, and I respect him for that. And like I said, he's the furthest thing from uh, a piece of shit. Mm -hmm. So I am ecstatic that he's coming back. I I. I mean, you said you you're not gonna say that you can't believe it. I can't believe it, dude. I I really I don't know. Like I always said, like they might come back one day, but then I always said to myself, like honestly, no. Like he doesn't have to come back. No, like, he his doesn't. Wrestling, his wrestling career is is already cemented. Like yep. he already did enough. Like 
he he doesn't need to come back. He he does like the commentary for um some form of yeah. MMA. Yeah, it's not MMA. UFC. It's um it's under the yeah. UFC uh application thing. It's like one of these smaller uh promotions. Yeah, it's like an indie. Yeah. yeah. And and he like he he stars in some movies. I think they're not big movies, but they're like Netflix movies. I think or something. He's like gonna that. be part of Heels with Stephen Amell, which I want to I want to touch on that too because Stephen Amell. You know what? Oh, since we're talking about punk, I'll mention it now. So Stephen Amell was on Busted Open this week, and they were talking about the punk rumors or whatever. And he went on record to say, if y'all think uh, CM Punk has lost his step, the man could still go. Oh man, that's exciting! That's exciting. When Stephen Amell oh. said this, I was like, "Oh my god! Oh, I just can't wait to see CM Punk again." Dude, I I know. What like that's what I was saying. Like he doesn't have to do this. He's also he also did stuff with like comic books and stuff like that. Um, he loves that type of stuff. Yeah. So I said, "Man, this dude just loving life. He's enjoying he, life. Like, he's he's he married to AJ yeah. Lee. Come on, you can't I, get any yeah, better than life like that. Come on. It really doesn't get any better than that. Like, <laughs> this dude's living the life. Right. Um." So the fact that he's coming back, and I mean, wow! Like it's just like you said, it's incredible. I never thought he'd go back to the WWE. And listen, CM Punk is a smart guy. Okay, he didn't jump at the opportunity to to make his wrestling uh, debut again at All In. Right? He waited. He didn't he jump waited. at the opportunity to come in at the All Out show, the first All Out show before AEW or was double on or TNT. nothing. Right. He waited just to make sure that this was for real, that AEW was going to be successful. That this wasn't just a, a you know a, just a, a WCW 2.0 or a TNA from back in the day, where you know yeah TNA still kicking as Impact Wrestling, but they're not on the well, no. yeah I mean I'm not going to get into that, but you know what I mean. They're not on the same scale as they once were, no, no, uh, no. where they were on Spike and all that right, type right, right. of stuff. He wanted to make sure this was for real. Now, hey, listen, like, I never doubted AEW was going to be successful from the beginning. I just felt like this could not fail. But, hey, he wanted to wait it out and see for himself. And I guess he's seen enough to bring him out of retirement and say, okay, you know what? I'm going to have one more run here, and it's going to be in a company that's going to give me creative control. It's going to put me at the top of the game with a guy like Tony Khan that I'll be able to trust that will, you know, do everything his power to do right by me. There's so many fresh new opponents from, you know, Darby Allen to MJF to Jungle Boy to all these other guys, Sammy Guevara. Like, dude, the list goes on and on. I could not be more pumped, ecstatic, and excited. And, dude, I'd be lying to you if I said that I didn't look up flights to Chicago for one night only from August 20th wow. and then leave the next morning to just go see CM Punk. Wow. Just to see him come out. Uh, ticket prices for well, airline prices are just insane, so I'm not going. So right, I'm not right. that crazy. But you look. But, but I'd you be lying look. if <laughs> I looked. I was thinking about it, dude. If it was a reasonable price, I was gonna head down there to go see that. Uh, because, dude, I mean, that's just. I, and you know what? I can't. I can't blame you, bro. I can't blame you. two. Two more things on Punk, and then we'll move on to the Daniel Bryan stuff. When he makes his ultimate return, what do you think we're gonna get? Like a combination of like the. Of the Chicago Bulls like theme, like uh, what is that um song again? I forget. Yeah, um, the Last Dance. Yeah, what it's called. The, uh, yeah. Um, uh, the Chicago Bulls theme all into cult of personality. Do we get that? Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I don't know. He he teased the Last Dance uh, song on his uh, Instagram story, so I don't know if that if he's teasing that as that's gonna be his new theme song, or if he just used the used that song because he's gonna use the moniker of like this is the last dance. Like, this is his last, like, hurrah in wrestling, like, his last run or whatever. Um, I'm not really sure. But, yeah, I mean, you know, either one, I think, is pretty cool. I love the Cult of Personality, and also the last dance song is really cool and exciting, too. And 
that, that'll give you goosebumps and chills down your spine as well. So I don't know, but looks like Darby Allen is going to be his first opponent, which is pretty damn cool. Uh, you know, Darby just didn't have that subtle tease for nothing. And I think him and Darby, that's that's a great first program, a great first match. And what an honor it must be for Darby Allen to, to be CM Punk's first opponent, right. first match back. Uh, I mean, God, did anybody predict it was going to be a guy like Darby Allen? Like, I mean, that's just great. Uh, and the, the that theme song, uh, the Chicago Bulls theme song, is from the Allen's, uh, Allen's Parsons Project. Parsons. Yep. Yeah, that's yep. the theme song for the Chicago Bulls, which they've been teasing. I guess uh, maybe a combination of that, like maybe like the beginning of like, then maybe yeah, we get right, to right. a, a cult. Uh, right, because that, that, that goes a long time. Right, that, that right. Culture. So yeah, maybe they do some combination. Right. Um, yeah, dude, I'm excited either way. And then just on a, on a quick funny note, because I never shared this story with you. So when Punk in his first UFC fight, right? And you know what? I'll even throw the second one in there too, but the second one is more of a congratulations on me. But for CM Punk's UFC fight or whatever, I was hyped, man. Listen, I was just hyped to see CM Punk again, right, on like, yeah. TV. So I was hyped, and I was watching it, whatever. When he was coming out, he came out to Cult of Personality, right? Just seeing CM Punk walking and him coming out to Cult of Personality, you know, for that that little entrance right there, yo, he made me a believer again. And I was looking at this like, yo, man, CM Punk got this, man. He's going to fucking win this. He made yeah, me a believer. Fight, right? That's the power of CM Punk. Like, he made you a believer. He was like, yo, man, CM Punk got this or whatever. So whatever. Ultimately, he lost his first fight. And then we get the second one, right? And I believe the second one was in Cleveland, if I'm not mistaken. Or was it Chicago? I forget. So the first one was... um, Cleveland. The first one was Cleveland. Okay. And the second one was in Chicago. Okay, so the second one is Chicago, right? Now, keep in mind, he's 0-1. He hasn't won a a match, okay? I'm like, I'm watching this. I'm like, damn, man. CM Punk about to catch another L. Out comes CM, out comes CM Punk. And I was like, man, CM Punk got this, man. He learned from this. He made me believe. That's the, that's the power of CM Punk, bro. That is just the power of CM Punk. I love the guy. All right? Have I had my criticism on him? Absolutely, whatever. But when it comes to what he's done in the business, oh, forget it, man. And you know what? He's been missed. I don't care what people say. He has been missed. We didn't get the some of the change that we got in WWE. If it wasn't for CM Punk walking out, we wouldn't have gotten that change. I love CM Punk, and I'm very excited and happy to see what he does. And I just can't wait to get he gets an open mic and see what he cuts, because you know he's going to cut an amazing promo. Oh, him versus him, him and MJF Oof. in the promo battle, or versus Eddie Kingston? Yeah. Forget about it, dude. Give it to me. And you know what? I just want to say this one last thing. We can move on to Dan O'Brien. If there was no AEW, man, would CM Punk be coming back to pro wrestling? Probably not. And isn't that crazy to think about? Yeah. Because he's not going to go to Impact, okay? As much as I love Impact, he's not going to go to Impact. He wasn't going to go anywhere else besides AEW or WWE. The two top major companies. There was a rumor that came out, um, and I don't know how true it is, but when Marty Skrull was in the realm of Ring of Honor, apparently he was trying to talk to CM Punk's people to try to get him in there. Um, I don't know how true that is. But that was that was a rumor that came out like around the time I mean, hey, like all the scenes. I can try, but out. yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't know. Let's talk about Daniel Bryan. Uh, all right, another listen. Thing. When it comes to CM Punk and Daniel Bryan, this is like the Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels of their generation. Okay, it's so crazy <laughs> that AEW is going to get them both. Oh, so dude. It, it looks like Daniel Bryan has inked the deal with AEW. Which, in his contract, listen, when it comes to the dates of AEW, working dates in AEW compared to the working dates in WWE is completely different. It's not even the same realm, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and you're going to get still get paid in AEW. 
And on top of that, his biggest thing is he wants to do work with New Japan. So not only are we going to get Daniel Bryan in New Japan, but we're also getting him in AEW. And the rumored date is that he might potentially be showing up. Is that Queen show on my birthday, September 22nd. How do you feel? Happy birthday, Mario. Happy birthday. <laughs> what a gift. <laughs> what, what a, a gift. freaking memorable day that is going to be. The what a gift of Brian show. Danielson showing up in AEW. <laughs> oh, my God. Dude, I mean, are we living in a bizarro world? Like, holy crap. Like, I know 2020 was nuts, but 2021, I mean, if you talk about wrestling, dude, yeah. it's just insanely bizarre like there is no chance in hell i thought this was ever happening now we can just talk about cm punk and we thought no chance that was happening but that had a better chance of happening than daniel bryan showing up in aew because i thought this guy was wwe now for the rest of his career until he retires like that's it i know he's talked a lot in the past about guys like okada and working new japan and kenny and all that stuff but you know to me that was just talk you know, whenever he said those type of things, I kind of just, like, didn't really look too much into it because I'm just like, well, he can say these things, right? I mean, like, but at the end of the day, WWE's going to give him the right amount of money. He's going to stick around there. Uh, he's obviously created a, a huge legacy there. They gave him everything. He's got his 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 wife, you know, as part of the Bella Twins, obviously. They're just, they're just WWE. Like, that's it. Like, they're going to stay there. Like, he's not going to go anywhere else. But boy, oh boy, was I wrong, and I'm glad I was. And I'm glad that he, you know, wasn't just blowing smoke by saying that he wanted to work with all these guys because now he's actually going to get the chance. And, man, I just can't even imagine him on the grandest stage of a Wrestle Kingdom against Okada or against Tanahashi or against the Naito uh, in AEW against Kenny Omega against all these guys, like I mentioned before with CM Punk, you got all these young, talented guys like Jungle Boy, Sammy Guevara, Darby Allen. I mean, holy crap, man. Like, this is a just a huge systematic shift, I feel like, in pro wrestling with these two guys landing in AEW. I, I mean, that's how massive of a deal this is. And I even had a buddy of mine uh, write to me. He says, you know, dude, I know you're you're a huge wrestling fan. Like, he, he knows about wrestling. He right. watched it in the past but hasn't watched it in years. Dude, I know you're still a huge wrestling fan. How big is it that AEW is about to land Daniel Bryan and CM Punk? And I literally didn't even know how to like express it in text. How big that this of a deal this is. I mean, this is just massive. And uh, like I said, Tony Khan must be over the moon right now. His 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 nerd self, <laughs> how big of a wrestling fan he is, he must be over the freaking moon as. More so than any of us, because this dude had a dream of owning a pro wrestling company, yep. right, one day, and I'm sure he grew up watching Ring of Honor, and actually, there was, I know you're not really actively on Twitter, but there's, there was some tweets, old tweets of his that resurfaced, because you can really look up anything on Twitter, like from the past, you could search uh, somebody's username and then type out in something and see if they tweeted that in the past, using that term or whatever. And there's a tweet from him that says, uh, from the like when this is when Daniel Bryan and CM Punk were leaving Ring of Honor, they said uh, he said something along the lines of like ROH is going to be so unwatchable without Punk and now especially without Danielson. He also followed up wow. in the same tweet and said and said Claudio leaving too is going to be like the, the the icebreaker or whatever. I'm going to try and find the tweet right now because yeah, it was it was being floating around. I think I even sent it in a group chat, uh, so I have to find it. But it was right. something along the lines of that, and now. That was like in 2013 too, or yeah, like 20 around 2013. No, nah, well, CM Punk was was obviously left a while ago, so it had to be way before that. Um, but oh my god, like the fact that now he's in 2021, he's going to get both of these guys in his own wrestling company. 
like I said, he, he, he must be over the freaking moon with this. Uh, it's, it's a great time to be a wrestling fan, especially, you know, we were talking about, like, when we we're still in the pandemic era, how, man, it's going to suck that this Forbidden Door is probably going to close the second um, we're back to, like, normal, whatever, but it looks like that's not happening. I still believe, and I know, um, I think we were having this conversation over the weekend um, in AC when we were talking about, like, CM Punk and the Daniel Bryan news or whatever. I'm still holding out hope that we could potentially see CM Punk, like, at a Wrestle Kingdom, too. You know, I, I'm, it's safe to say Daniel Bryan's going to show up in New Japan. But you know what? I would not be shocked to see CM Punk at a Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, me neither. I mean, listen, anything's possible, dude. I mean, New Japan and AEW have that relationship now, and if Punk says he wants to work in Japan, well, you know damn well that, you know, Tony Khan's going to give it to him. You know, he's he's obviously gave Daniel Bryan everything that he wanted, all of his major requests that, you know, obviously WWE wasn't going to let him work in right. Japan. We know that. But, I mean, the other requests where he wanted a little bit of creative, like, I don't know, input. Now, it wasn't just even control. It was like creative input and stuff like that. I mean, why couldn't they give him any of that other stuff? I mean, Christ. Uh, the fact that they're just letting Daniel Bryan walk for nothing is just mind-boggling. It doesn't even look like they're making a play to even re-sign him, too. They, they, they just know and, I guess, have accepted the fact that he's as good as gone at this point, uh, which is pretty crazy that Vince just hasn't even, doesn't even blink an eye, just doesn't even care. Um, but yeah, I I would love to see CM Punk there as well, especially if what Stephen Amell says is true, and he can still go. Which I believe, level. I believe one hundred and ten percent. Oh my God! I mean, God, him and him and anybody over there would would be super fun. And you know what? I if if I'm, it's almost safe to say that we're going to get both. But I also would like why I did enjoy the Brian and Punk feud that we got in WWE. I would actually enjoy like a proper feud in yeah, AEW yeah. between Brian and Punk. Oh, yeah, dude, me, me too. I mean, those matches, honestly, like, those matches should be talked about a lot more than yeah. they are. Yeah. I mean, they're really not talked about at all. Like, no. they're really a forgotten yeah. afterthought. I mean, they weren't they weren't really at big events like a SummerSlam or a WrestleMania or anything. I, I forget what pay-per-views it was. It was like B-level pay-per-views. That match should have been at a WrestleMania between Brian and Punk. That was the Brett and Sean of, of their generation. Yeah, yeah, I know. Basically, the, the whole feud between those two guys was basically over AJ Lee. Yeah, that but it. That, it, see that, that that's the part that sours it. The matches right. are great, well, but they're feuding over AJ Lee. Right, stupid, stupid shit. So yeah, I mean, like you said, I I'm looking forward to a proper one too because, like you said, now now is which when it's like I said, now I'm really excited to see these yeah. two guys really Me break too, out man. because you know, like I said, I enjoyed both of them in WWE, obviously, but right. now I feel like I'm gonna enjoy them a hell of a lot more. Yeah. Me too. All right, dude. I don't want to be sour grapes here, but you know, let's uh, let's just sprinkle in a little quick WWE. I'm gonna give you your options on what we can talk about. All right, uh, when it comes to WWE, because you know the Packers are like, guys, he's talking about AEW. Why are you talking about WWE? John Cena came back. <laughs> you know we're gonna get all that. So let's let's yeah. mention WWE. So we can talk about John Cena returning. We can talk about Sasha Banks returning and feuding with Bianca Belair again. We can talk about Goldberg and Lashley. Or we could talk about the Karrion Cross Keith Lee debacle. What do you God, want to talk Jesus about? Jesus Christ, man! So many options. I mean, well, I don't feel like getting, feel like getting pissed off. So let's talk about the John Cena and the Sasha <laughs> <Banks> stuff. <laughs> All right, listen. I'm happy to see John Cena back, dude. And I never thought I would ever say that. Not saying that I hated John Cena, but when John Cena was like on that run, I couldn't stand the guy. I didn't want to see this guy on my TV. It was just so oversaturated. It was the same old shit with this guy. But then, like, when it, once it came to, like, these later years, when he started having, like, these phenomenal matches like Daniel Bryan and CM Punk and AJ Styles and Kevin Owens, 
And then he started doing, like, the open challenge with the United States uh, Championship. Like, yo, John Cena was putting in that work, man. And it really made me appreciate John Cena. And I said it, like, after he, like, left to, you know, do this Hollywood career or whatever. I said the day that John Cena comes back, he's going to be a beloved babyface. Because, I guess, in, in many ways, we just missed him or whatever. And now we're getting this Roman Reigns-John Cena match. And this is the perfect opponent for Roman Reigns because Roman Reigns is going to go right through this guy. Oh my god, dude, and this is going to be so exciting to see both of these guys facing off at SummerSlam. This is the biggest match that they could probably do right now at the moment with Roman Reigns being this red hot, and yep. you have a guy like John Cena, who's obviously the old Roman Reigns, you know, of like the older generation. Right. Uh, this is a huge mega marquee match, and I'm with you too, because it's not like I was ever, I was never the biggest fan of John Cena. I used to be one of those people that booed him all the time. Oh, me too. I had, a, I had a Cena suck shirt. I had one. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. exactly. And I, I just hate his same old thing, but man, I love the guy now. I mean, I, I when he shows up on the TV screen, I just, you know, you can't help but smile. I popped huge when he returned. Yeah. Um, Did you notice that too sweet he threw up when he came back? He threw up a too yeah, sweet? Uh, well, n- not not in the moment, but afterwards on online, everybody's tweeting pictures of it. So, yeah, I, I did afterwards, which is so freaking awesome. I hope you not love this guy, for Christ's sake. <laughs> Who would ever uh, thought John Cena and too sweet would be a thing? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know. Dude, let me tell you, dude, and, and uh, distance or absence, whatever they say, makes the heart grow fonder, whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's true in the case of John Cena. It, it is very true. Everybody him. Whether you want to admit it or not, you miss John Cena because he, like I said, it's just not the same without him. So I'm glad he's back for now. Uh, probably going to disappear again after SummerSlam. But hey, you know what? As, if he comes back and goes like a SummerSlam or WrestleMania, Royal Rumble type of thing every year and doesn't do anything else, I'm fine with that. I'm actually it's cool with like, that too. It, like a Brock yeah, Lesnar-esque type schedule, I'm cool with right. it. Right. Right, and it, 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 again, and I'm not saying like shove them in title matches all the time right. and stuff like this. This is this is different. Just big marquee honest. matches, big marquee matches. Right, and it's okay in this aspect. Right. Let's be honest. Who else is Roman Reigns right. going to face at this point on SmackDown? I mean, I mean, really, who else is he possibly going to face at SummerSlam right. that he hasn't already beaten or you know is going to look credible against him? I, I mean, I would love nobody. Listen, I would love another John Cena AJ Styles match. Oh, I mean, me too, 100. percent Yeah, I, I would. I would love to see that. I mean, God, those two guys in the ring are like. <laughs> Yo, like said, their they, chemistry is just off the charts. Listen, the same year we got Okada and Omega won. That same year we got Cena and AJ at the Royal Rumble, which was like a couple weeks from like apart from each other, and they put on a hell of a banger. Oh yeah, dude, it was it was incredible. Like I said, probably probably besides CM Punk and John Cena from Money in the Bank, which I was just talking about before. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Cena and AJ Styles has got to be up there with one of my favorite WWE matches I've seen in the last, you know, however many years. Yeah, uh, him not being around or whatever really uh, made us appreciate John Cena. And when he finally came back, and he came back in Money in the Bank, that pop was, whew, and the pop he got on Raw, and the pop he got on SmackDown. It's just we want to see Cena, maybe not like on a on a on a frequent basis, but like you know, for these major angles or, or you know marquee matchups, I think this is the perfect role for John Cena. Yeah, me too. Like I said, so let's see if he sticks around now after this um, and see what he does. Because like I said, I know the movie the movie role is uh, the movie industry, the world. Obviously, we know from the Rock, it's pretty busy. It's pretty hectic. So. Uh, like I said, but let's enjoy John right. Cena right now while we right. have him because, uh, like you said, like he's how old is he? he's like forty now, right? Yeah, like 
he's, he's uh, like he's he's getting up there. So even if he does keep coming back, it's not gonna last forever. Okay, one one last thing, and then I want to talk about something else. Uh, so there was this rumors that apparently Survivor Series is gonna be at the Barclays Center. I don't know how true that is. And then another rumor is that The Rock might be around around that time. Uh, what do you think about that? Uh, yeah, man, that's that's exciting stuff. Uh, you know, I've I've been to every single a big four pay-per-view for WWE except for Survivor Series. Um, and that would be cool to attend it in, in Brooklyn at Barclays. And the fact that The Rock could possibly be there is even cooler because that means that we might be heading towards Roman Reigns versus The Rock. And that is the match at WrestleMania if we're not going to get a Roman Reigns Drew McIntyre match. That is the match I think everybody wants to see. And the time to do that is now. Roman is on the run of his freaking life right Ugh, now, okay? Dude, he's, I he's, never want to see him drop the title. Me neither. Me neither. A, a, how sweet would it be to see him versus The Rock? Those promos back and forth when uh-huh. you could take Roman Reigns as serious as you could take him right now because of how good he is on the microphone. Yeah. And The Rock, obviously, is just phenomenal. Yep. The whole story is there with, with, with how they're related and everything. And they're going to get personal. Back. They're going to get personal with their promos. They're going to throw legit, like, jabs at each other like like straight shots at each other i wouldn't be surprised if rock mentions some of the the, the issues the usos have gone through like they're gonna straight shoot at each other live bombs will be thrown at each other yeah i know dude i, I can't i can't freaking wait for it so i'm all for it i feel like uh like you said if there's any time to do this match it's got to be next year at wrestlemania if those rumors are true you, you never know though the rock plans right. could change i mean we're in August 1st right now. So, I mean, you know, as of right now, the plans for The Rock to show up. But, listen, things could change. If a movie comes up, this and that, he'll probably ditch WWE to go do that movie. But I hope he cut, he, he's there. I hope we start this build and I hope we get this match because I just feel like it could be an incredible, incredible spectacle for WrestleMania in Dallas, which is going to be, you know, one of the biggest WrestleManias, obviously, Dallas um, at that stadium. It's, like I said, the whole story's written out yeah. right there. It's yep. laid out perfectly. And like I said, with no opponents for Roman Reigns, obviously that could change between now and WrestleMania, but no clear opponent, a credible opponent. I mean, God, John Cena and The Rock just make too much sense not to go up against Roman right now during this run. It, it, I, was, I was chuckling a little bit before when you was mentioning, like, oh, if we don't get the Drew-Roman match at, at Mania or whatever. And I was like, you know, un- unfortunately, and it's not Drew's fault, but unfortunately, nobody wants to see Drew McIntyre anymore, and it's not his fault. It's just, just poor promo scripts that they're giving him, and it's just the way he's been booked. Like nobody really cares about Drew McIntyre anymore, and I love Drew. I just think we don't need to see him for a while, and then when he makes his return, you know, you know, start building him up from the ground up again. You know, they, they, um, as much as I love Drew McIntyre and I love this, both his runs as world champion, they. Taking the title off of him, whatever they they just have not been booking them right. But Survivor Series coming to the Barclays Center. Um, listen, I if that that is true, I will be there. And the best part about that is it might not even be Survivor Series and The Rock being at Survivor Series and at the Barclays Center is that the night before we're gonna get a War Games. Oh yeah, that too. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh God, I'm even more excited now. <laughs> right. Jeez, jeez, I know. Hopefully these rumors are true. All right, right. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. I didn't even. Think yeah, about man, that. we're gonna get a war game, so who knows where we're gonna get there? Ooh. But you know what? NXT's in shambles right now, so they need to like figure it out. <laughs> they mean, need yeah, to... who the hell's gonna be in a war games match for NXT? It'll be um Diamond Mine versus um. um... Oh God. <laughs> 
Oh, lordy, lordy, lord. Okay, all right. Let's, um, this is, we're done with, like, the wrestling portion of, of, of this episode. Um, I do want to take some time to talk about my dad. And then, uh, Ryan, if you want to jump in at any point and ask questions, feel free. Because, you know, I think this... This helps me out mentally. So this is yeah. Been listen, a, I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm give you the floor. Let you do your thing. Get out whatever. You all right. Get if, out, at any point you want to jump so. jump in and, and ask a question, go ahead. Right. Don't you know? Right. Don't uh don't don't be hesitant. Just ask a question. So all my right. father back in 2019 uh was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Right. So he had it all over his body, and it was rough. You know, obviously when you hear the word cancer, you instantly just. You get scared. You think you're automatically going to die. Like, you think the worst at every aspect you can think of. So it was very hard for both me, my mom, and especially my father. You know, it's, it's cancer. You you hear that, and you're like, what the fuck? My dad's cancer, you know, it was all over his body, whatever. But his mind was right. So he was like, you know, I'm up for the challenge. I'm going to, you know, he had a really great attitude. At one point, I remember he was, like, in the cancer level of the hospital. They were kind of going over with us, like, some of the, the, the side effects that he was going to get or whatever. And then say that they told him like oh you know you're gonna get like cravings you know due to the chemo you're also gonna uh you're gonna lose all your hair whatever and my dad was like such a character whatever he's like well i'm already bald so it doesn't really matter (laughs) like that was a type of attitude my dad had and he came out of uh there you know he just suffered with the side effects or whatever but you know what he came out of there um that summer i believe in august of 2019 he was cancer free we were happy we were we were ecstatic that he defeated it and you know he went back to work at 69 years old at the time he was 68 but and you know at uh 68 years old he was still working man and i will always tell my dad like ah when are you gonna hang it up like you know you should be enjoying life you should be traveling with mom or whatever but he was that type of guy where he was just like no i just love to work and you know i'm well, maybe one more year one more year that was the type of attitude he had. fast forward to um i want to say late 2020 they discover like a like a elevated lymph node like on his neck or whatever, and they weren't sure what he what it was or whatever. But he wasn't really feeling anything or whatever. So they were like, "Hey, we're gonna check it out. We're gonna do a biopsy or whatever." They didn't find nothing on there. They came out negative or whatever, but it was elevated. So they were still gonna keep their eye on it. Fast forward to New Year's, everything was going good. He was feeling fine or whatever, and then the weekend of the Super Bowl that weekend. He came home, he was very dizzy, he had a crazy headache. He was getting these headaches, getting these headaches. And the headaches that he was getting were from, like, the front of your head, like, kind of like your, your your forehead, going all the way, like, back to, like, his skull. Like, it was, like, a weird headache that he was getting. So I was just telling my dad, I'm like, bye, you have to get that checked out or whatever. Like, you, you know, you got to know what that was going on with you. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm going to do it. The weekend of the Super Bowl, he spent that whole weekend in bed. We didn't watch the Super Bowl together, whatever. That Monday, we took him to the hospital. He was just, like, really out of it, very dizzy. He was nauseous or whatever. That Monday, we took him to the hospital, and then we later found out that they first thought, what do you call that? I think they first said, they thought it was vertigo. That's what they thought it was, but it ended up not being vertigo. He had, like, mass growth in his head. So they were like, listen, we're going to give you some steroids, see if it shrinks or whatever, and then we'll... uh, you know, see if we could um, figure it out from there. After that, he he was all right. You know, he he stopped working, obviously, or whatever. He fought for disability, or whatever. He stopped working. I guess the pain and the swelling did stop at one point, but then I guess it came back. And then I want to say when we took him back to the hospital, he was just not feeling. He was just like out of it or whatever. He was like a little bit loopy. He was just not doing great. He was just he was kind of like I won't say incoherent, but he just was not all there. And we noticed that. 
took him back to the hospital, and we later found out that the tumor grew even more, and he needed to get emergency brain surgery. So that was the first week of March. He ended up getting surgery, and then even that was just a stressful week. We didn't know if he was going to make it out of the surgery. We didn't know that. We didn't know. There was a lot of uh, things that could have went wrong because it's brain surgery. They, they have to cut your head open, and then they have to kind of like get the tumor out of there. And legit, the tumor was so big in my dad's head, they had to scrape that shit off his brain. You know, that happened. Cecil brain surgery, and um, you know now it's on to the road to recovery. Now, when they removed the tumor, they still have to treat your brain like cancer because, you know, we, I don't know what you call that. Um, but, you know, they still have to, like, treat it like, hey, you're still, your cancer's still active. So um, they tried chemo on him. Now, this chemo was a lot stronger than the chemo he had previous when he previously had um, lymphoma because it's in your brain. They did chemo on him. The chemo, stopped doing the chemo on my father because the chemo was affecting his lungs. They, they had to go to an alternative. So they went with whole brain radiation. Now, my father's never done radiation before. They give you like a list of side effects on what you can have, whatever. Now, they gave my dad a month to kind of get strong and to eat and to gain some weight before the radiation because the radiation was going to kick his ass or whatever, right? So that month prior to radiation, I feel like my dad was doing great. He was walking, um, obviously with a walker, but he was doing great. He was uh, going outside, enjoying fresh air, whatever, eating, eating. Seemed all right. We were very optimistic. We we're like, you know, you know, Poppy's gonna come out of this. And I was very confident. And then he started getting radiation. And everything was going well until like the last week of radiation. Started noticing like my dad wasn't doing too well. He was getting very, very weak. And I know radiation does that. But I his last uh, radiation was May tenth. So from May tenth till ultimately when he passed away uh, uh, on July twenty second, I watched my father deteriorate. In a way that I couldn't even imagine. He lost his uh, mobility. He couldn't walk anymore. We had to get chairlifts installed in the house. And um, his head was mentally, he just was not there. He started going through a lot of like um, health complications, both with his sugar levels and low blood pressure, whatever. And then we finally uh, spoke to his cancer doctor. And his cancer doctor told us like, she recommended us to, hey, listen, get him admitted to the hospital, whatever. Let's get his health back on track so then we can start physical therapy and rehab so he can start walking again, etc. Like, that was the game plan. So that was, that was the last weekend he spent at home, I want to say, was the weekend of Father's Day. And like I said, he was very, like, loopy. He was inco incoherent at times. And even trying to talk to him at times, he was just, like, out of it or whatever. And he was sad. He was depressed, you know. And you can't blame him. After all that abuse to your brain, there's only so much you could take. And then not being able to walk anymore or whatever. Like, me carrying my father to, like, a wheelchair and then putting him into the chairlift and holding his hand and telling him, like, hey, don't worry. Like, you're not going to fall. Like, it, it was kind of, like, in a way, like, and I, and I don't mean this in a disrespect disrespectful way but it's kind of like taking care of a kid you know because mentally he was just not there so we took him to the hospital and he started getting he was in icu for a couple days and then they moved down to three west which is the the cancer level right so that first week in the hospital it was like night and day compared to how he was at home he was in he was coherent he had a positive attitude wanted to get better and i was like wow this is like the best i've seen my dad since like prior to the radiation treatment like he looked great you know, he was full of energy, uh, he looked great, and I was very hopeful. My mom was too. And then they moved him down to the physical therapy and rehab part of the hospital, and that's when things started turning for the worse. 
he got very depressed. He started having like suicidal thoughts. He stopped eating. He didn't want to drink enough liquids. And he was still doing physical therapy while in the condition he was. And he would try to talk to him or whatever. But mentally, he just wasn't there anymore. And that was rough on all of us. It was seeing, seeing my father that way. Especially because my father, and a lot of people don't know this, but my father, he got dealt uh, rough hands in life. And what I mean by that is he was abandoned at a very, very young age when he was a kid. Um, he didn't have no mom, no father, no brothers and sisters, nothing. He only had a grandmother. His grandmother was the one that raised him. When he came to this country, he came with nothing on his back. He just came. Him alone, that's it. He had a, a failed first marriage that he lost two kids out of that. Um, and I see my, my father suffer a lot. I guess, uh, you know, the his ex-wife was bitter or whatever. So he kind of, she kind of like... Um, I guess made the kids like turn on my dad, but my dad was like still paying child support and stuff like that. Like I, I, I remember like at a young age, I would see my dad like suffer and still doing like child support stuff and whatever and in and out of court or whatever. But like, I don't know, my sister, my brother, I guess eventually just did wanted nothing to do with my dad, which it's a shame because he's a great dad. But talking to my mom the last couple of days, like the idea was that my sister was eventually going to move in with us. I don't know what happened there. Yeah. They just wanted no parts of my father. So, you know, my dad's life really didn't start until he met my mom. You know, they build everything out of just love and sacrifice and dedication. And yeah, you know, then obviously they had me and, you know, my dad's gone through it with even in, in health aspect too. Like, let's just remove the cancer part of all this. But, you know, he had two hip replacements at different times that he had to get done or whatever. And you guys know about like hip replacements and stuff. One hip replacement, it's not guaranteed that you can make it out like well or whatever. But he got two of them and he still was going back to work. Um, he had a crazy herniated disc on his back or whatever to a point that he didn't get surgery right away. Like this guy was in pain for like months. Like I remember seeing my dad like just throw himself on the floor. That's how much pain he was. Um, where he until he finally got the sur he got approved. Uh, the insurance, uh, the doctor approved his insurance or whatever, and he finally got the surgery done or whatever. So I saw him recover from that. Like, my dad's been through it. Just to see him in the condition that he was the last couple of weeks, last month, I will say, you know, it just breaks your heart seeing such a strong guy and now kind of being in the condition he is, not only physically, but mentally, you know, and just saying that he just wants to die. He doesn't want to be here anymore. And that, that breaks you. That hurts you. That, that You know, it, it sucks seeing your dad and, and, you know, for my mom, her husband in the condition he was but you know even with all that i was still kind of hopeful i was like you know my dad's gonna come out of this so the weekend before he passed away he found out that he was eternally internally bleeding they weren't really sure where that was coming from um so they they moved him to the hospital level again and they were treating him and then it was pretty much safe to say that you know he wasn't gonna make it and i think i remember telling you and a couple other people that that, that they knew about my father's situation I'll be shocked if he makes it past this week. One of the last moments I had with my father was uh, he passed away on Thursday, that Tuesday, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. So the last couple of days that, that um, so the, from that weekend going on to ultimately what was his last day, he wasn't even talking anymore. He was more like mumbling words. and uh, But you could kind of still understand what he was saying. But that Tuesday... He was coherent enough to, like, kind of be there with me. And he also had the same um, same interaction with my mom. So I was going to see him every day before I went to work. When I knew that ultimately I knew what was going to happen, you're, you're just crushed. So I would just, like, hold his hand and I would just cry to him and tell him, like, how sorry I am. And 
and I told him, you know, he was the best. He was the best father anyone could ever have, and and told him how much I loved him and stuff. And I was completely just broken down having this conversation with him. And my dad, even though he was in pain, even though my dad couldn't really talk like that, he still had that parental guardian father type um comfort to me and he grabbed my hand and he held it up tight and he told me it's okay poppy and i'm like wow even when my father's going through all this stuff he's still being that comfort and we hugged and and i kissed him and i told him how much i love him i told him how how sorry i i was and I told him a whole bunch of other stuff or whatever, and then the following day when I go to see him, uh, he was just sleeping, like, you know, the whole time or whatever, and I would still talk to him, and I would just hold his hand or whatever, but he was very cold, so I, I kind of had a feeling that the end was near, and then he passed away, unfortunately, that Thursday morning. He had no pain. Um, he died in his sleep. He died very peacefully. And it's been rough. It's been rough for me and my mother. I try to be very strong for my mom because um, I know she's going through it, you know, and just be supportive, and, you know, that's pretty much it, you know, I just wanted to let the world know, and, you know, the people that listen to the show, or, you know, follow Lucha Outsiders, and I have done posts on my personal page, and also on Lucha, because my dad was a very big supporter on, on this Lucha Outsiders project that I hold dearly to my heart, because, you know, this is my baby, this is something that I've been wanting to do for years, you know, I just never met the right person to do with, or whatever, or, like, you know, Brian, you know, some people are like, oh, yeah, I'm down to do this or whatever. And then when it comes to the point, like, hey, let's do this or whatever. They're like, well, it's always like an excuse or whatever. So, you know, when I found when I me and Leo finally like, you know, met or whatever. And I told him like this idea I had. He's like, yo, let's do it or whatever. And there's been trials and tribulations to this project, the Lucha Outsiders brand or whatever. But, you know, we finally I'll say like the last like two, three years, we finally found the right groove or whatever. And we're getting better time and time again and there's been some changes or whatever and that's not a dig at sam or anybody like that like sam knows he's more welcome to come back if he ever wants to come back or whatever it's not a dig at anyone we tried different things but you know we finally found like our niche we finally found what we're good at you know and um my dad was a big supporter of that he was very proud with uh uh he would tell me how he admires my uh my dedication and and everything i do with the lucha outsiders brand and he told me not to stop, whatever, and I know he wouldn't want me to stop, whatever. I'll say I took a couple of days off from, from social media because I just need to – I'm still having a hard time processing all this, you know, my father not being around and just accepting, like, like this is how his life ended. Not that he ended his life, but this is how his life ended, and I'm having a very hard time accepting that. And, you know, there's bitterness, there's sadness, there's there's a whole bunch, a bunch of stuff on how I'm feeling. Just like I said on my father's wake, uh, I think the world needs to know what kind of – person my father was and um you know i said this in my tribute to him on the wake i don't know if i was the greatest son i can't say that that's not me to say right but one thing that's undeniable is how proud i was to say i was his son that he was my father you know me and my dad had a really really tight relationship and i'm gonna miss him a lot i'm gonna miss him a lot and um yeah man uh i just want to just wanted to put this out there. I just wanted to put this out in the universe on on what my dad meant to me. And that's about it, man. Well, dude, thank you for sharing that and giving everybody, and myself included too, a look at, you know, the type of man he was. He seems like a great guy. And uh, he, I he, he, Listen, so, one thing about my father, he was a great guy. 
Yeah, bro, that wasn't e- that wasn't even intentional, but that's funny. Uh, but yeah, I mean, really, like, I'm just so sorry that all this happened. Uh, it just, you know, life sucks, dude, and it, it really just goes to show that the best people always get taken from us in these terrible, terrible ways like this. And uh, like you said, he'll always be with you. I'm glad you got that last moment with him, which is, you know, really cool and not. Not something everybody gets, you know, uh, you know, with so, with a loved one passing like that. But I'm yeah. glad you got that moment to really say goodbye and, and that one. Re- really, just you'll always remember it now, forever. Yeah. And uh, you know, like I said, he's no longer suffering, and and now you know, you and your mom are gonna, like you said, you're gonna take it day by day. You guys are just gonna keep being strong, and you'll you know, you'll get through it. And as time goes on, it'll get a little easier. You're never gonna forget it. It's never gonna completely be you know easy, but. You know, obviously everything's so fresh right now, so that's why it's still, uh, you know, really rough. But, you know, I'm always here for you. Thank and you, brother. A lot of other people, you got so much support. Like you said, so many people showed up to, to the wake and, and stuff like that, which is incredible. It just goes to show how uh, how special he really was. So, uh, like I said, I'm sorry. My condolences to you and your mother. And, uh, like I said, you guys will get through it. And I'm always here for you, dude. Thanks, brother. I appreciate that, man. And uh, I know... Uh... Leo feels really bad because he couldn't be at my father's away because he's obviously on vacation. I told him, like, dude, this, this is something that, that you already have planned out. Like, don't feel bad. And he's probably going to even feel worse when he goes back and knows that, like, <laughs> I did this on, like, on, the, on the episode. And he's gonna, he's probably going to be like, fuck, I wasn't even there for that either. But, um, you know, listen, I love Leo. I love Leo so much. Uh, and he, I know he wanted to be there. And, and there's no... You know, and, and, and not just him. I know that there's a lot of other people that wanted to be there, but under circumstances, like, it, it just happened so quick. And that's all, another thing. Right. Everything happened so quick. He passed away Thursday, and then by Sunday, we got the approval that, that was going to be the wake. So, like, you know, uh, for the turnout that we got, um, it was, you know, incredible because it was kind of like a last-minute thing. A lot of people still were holding hope that my father was going to kick out of this. Um, and then, you know, to to not to make matters worse or whatever, but... From a, from a medical standpoint, my father did beat cancer again. It was just a fight that kind of took his life. Hey, that sucks. It's, that's, like I said, it's a really tough pill to swallow. Yeah, but, man. I mean, if, if there's some solace to take out of it, it's that, you know, this goes to show how tough he was. He did it. He, he beat it. It's just, you know, of course, the body can really only yeah. take so much. So, uh, yeah. like I said, it's unfortunate, man. Life, life just ain't fair sometimes. It really isn't. Yeah, man, it's a it's a process, you know. Um, I have my struggles every day, just like my mom does, and I try to be there for my mom, um, be supportive for my mom more than, you know. I guess like for my own mental health and for my own like being like I just try to be there as much as my mom. And we have a great support system. Um, also like um, the outpouring love and support that I've gotten from family and friends and people that I haven't seen in years have been like amazing, you know. Um. And that means the world to me. And it just goes to show you how much my father was loved. Like, you know, maybe he didn't have a, a family on his side, you know, growing up or anything like that. But, man, he had a lot of people that loved him, that that, that viewed him like my, like my dad was their family. So that meant a lot to me. And um, like I said, I'm just taking it day by day and just uh, I, I find myself at times like talking to air, like if he's like around or something, you know. And I think that's something that's natural. You know, it, it's common when you lose like a loved one or whatever you kind of just find yourself like talking to like yourself and air you know hoping that they might be around and um 
you know, I, I think I said this on, on a on a personal post. I didn't do it on like on the Lucha page or anything like that. Like, you know, what I want right now, kind of like a sign to know that he's okay. Like that's you know, and that's like like not being like religious or any other beliefs because I don't want to get into it. That that that's not the this ain't the the right show to get into any of that. But I mm-hmm. I did, from what I've been told from many people is like eventually you know when you least expect it you're gonna get a sign you're gonna know like hey your dad's around or whatever so. That's kind of where I'm at, whatever. Like I said, um, it's been a hard uh, couple of, of weeks. It's been a very difficult couple of months or whatever, but the last couple of days have been just a roller coaster of emotions and stuff. But I just wanted to share this with, um, you know, the, the, the prec heads, the friends of the show or whatever, the, the people that listen to us every single week or when we put out a show or whatever, what kind of uh, uh, person my father was because uh, I'm still to this day – I'm trying my best to, that's the person that I want to be. And I'm not quite there yet, but, uh, you know, that's the, that's the end goal to be someone like my father. Oh, you're doing a pretty, a pretty good job, dude. So like Thanks, I said, man. just keep being you. And, uh, you know, like you said, th- thank you for sharing that. It was, like I said, I feel like everybody's going to appreciate that. And, you know, I hope everybody listened to that. Like I said, you know, it was good. I appreciate that brother. All right, dude, give me your plugs in, man. All right, follow me at Lucha Outsiders on Twitter if you haven't already. I don't know what you're doing, what you're waiting for, but go follow that. Um, at Royal underscore Ramble underscore Wrestling on Instagram, uh, WrestleRadar on Instagram and Twitter, and uh, also the Wrestling Radar on YouTube. And, yeah, that's all. All right, dude. Um, I want to say we're going to get a, a, a brand new episode next week in studio. I want to say that, but if not, it'll just be me and Ryan because <laughs> we, we never know with Leo. But you can, either way, you'll be getting us. Yeah, you, either way, you'll get a brand new episode. You can follow me at RatedRSense87, but make sure you follow us at Lucha Outsiders everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And leave us a review. Leave us a review on, on the podcast version. Let us know what you think, whether you like the podcast or we piss you off, which personally – I don't mind pissing you guys off. I love to piss you guys off. That's my favorite thing to do, piss you off. (laughs) Uh, Because, you know, the peckerheads get so, you know, get so emotional. Yeah, leave us us a review. Uh, So for Ryan Radar, for the old man Leo, that's not here. I'm yours truly, Mr. Radar. Till next time, keep Radar and stay too sweet. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-